They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL prime time featuring Joe C. And then he couldn't fire his glutes later. Matt Hayes. I like dudes. Mia O'Brien. Can you take me higher? And Leon Searcy. Bringing you love, peace, and soul. How you like me now? How you like me now? How you like 2024? Welcome in XL Primetime into the new year, just like you. Hopefully you're ready to rock and roll a little more in 24. That'll be my slogan. We'll see how it goes. Your Jaguars want a little more in 24, that's for sure. Uh, win and you're in. That's pretty simple, but how about win and you win the AFC South? That's the most important thing. Your Jacksonville Jaguars heading to Nash Vegas with all of that on the line against the rival, the hated Tennessee Titans. So we'll be talking about that throughout the course of the week, but we got to get into the college football playoff from last night. Michigan, Alabama, great game, but what was that? Tommy Reese at the end of the ball game, and then Washington had it. And then Texas tried to take it away. A bunch of thrilling ball games between the college football playoff and, of course, everything that happened with your NFL Sunday. Welcome in. We have a full house. It's good to see everybody back. Uh, uh, as Matt Hayes is off of vacation, uh, Billy Napier couldn't run him out with laryngitis. He is back in 2024. So welcome back, Big, as you are ready to rock and roll. Yeah. It's great to be back. Yeah, great to be back. Great Was it a good back. New Year celebration, I mean, what, all that? Yeah, well, last night, I mean, unbelievable. Oh. It was mm. those two games. It loved was it, awesome. Loved it, loved it. Phenomenal. Yeah. And, and so as as I paint this picture though, the the like I had a great Christmas to New Year's, Leon, but mm-hmm. at the same time, this might have been the worst for me because you can hear the Christmas cold. Uh I guess the babes or TLD or somebody. I may yeah. look to, to I know, my right. I know I Plus you're I'm, limping. I'm too. limping, yeah. yeah. I'm and limping. I'm limping. You're like okay. sling blade over there, bro. That? What's uh, going on? I'm telling you what, you might as well just lop it I off. Really bad New Year. <laughs> it was uh and this is all because I am trying to stay in shape. And I got on the treadmill and I ran too much, ran too much, ran too oh, much. Oh, so you just hurt yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you should have seen him you limping, it, limping into the building. Yeah. He was limping into oh, the pre-show. And Angel Yas. Out, no, I got my own guy. Uh, but out in the, in the car, uh, TLD went and got me from the lost and found at the church. An old lady cane, a walking cane. No. No way. I, Don't do it, I, Joe. Listen, I've had it the entire, like, Five days I've been working with the cane. You mean a walking cane? Is it, a walking what is it, cane. hip, knee? What is it? It's the ankle. It's tendonitis ankle. in the ankle uh, from not the running con- on the That's actually the- pretty badass. Yeah, it's not you're the like cane guy. You're okay, like, okay. you know, wait, wait, I've wait, been wait, through wait. some things. I've seen when you say walking cane, it's not like the old lady with the Oh, thing. no, no, no. Okay, no, no, all right. If you this is just a regular cane. A one-handed cane, not a walking cane. Is it a wooden cane? Let me ask you that. No, I'll go get That would be badass. Please go get it during the break. Yeah, that's kind of gangster, bro. This is like. Yeah, you get the wooden cane. This is like, it's like a metal one. Then he cutting it. This is an old lady petunia with flowers on it. Cane. Yeah, that's not good. Okay. You could do and like it, Kramer did. Yeah. It, mm. Yeah. True. If true. it was a wooden, if it was yeah. a wooden cane, right? <laughs> yeah. Just so don't, don't we put the Technicolor it. coat on you and everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I don't top hat. Yeah, I like. Yeah, it. I do like that. But I've got peroneal tendonitis, mm. and then we'll find out whether it's more or not. When, what does that mean? When G, it's just a peroneal tendon. Oh, that's a thing. Okay. Yeah, going down the the. Anyway, it's from running. It's from trying to stay in shape. That's that's what you get. That that's, I, that's yeah, what you just get. sit on your ass that's, and that's don't do anything. Bro, I haven't run since 2002, <laughs> right? but I walk. I uh, do a lot of walking. Well, I think I should learn something from you because you I basically added it up and 
from 18 to 58, I basically haven't run. Mm. And then JJ tries to challenge me to some 5K goal, and then all of a sudden I think I can do it, and guess what? No, you always tell me, like, listen, I, I jog and I walk, and I always support you. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. You try to challenge me. You can't me. go on the you treadmill like, and run six, man. you got to, like, go easy. Oh, it's so to start easy, man. Trust me. And this all <laughs> comes back to I've got to go get my labs done so I can get my blood pressure medicine again. So I'm trying to get my cholesterol down. That's so where like this right all comes before from. you go in, you're like, oh, see? <laughs> yeah. This is I've where been living a great lifestyle. But as we're right. talking about Joe's ailments, we're also <laughs> forgetting what happened just six minutes ago yeah. as we were sitting down for the pre-show meeting. Uh, a little Griswold, yeah. if we may. Yeah. Yeah, we got stuff. We literally have 2024 <laughs> off to a rocket of a start. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started with a bang here at 1010XL Studios. Plugs the the laptop charger in, and we get a spark. Um, oh, yeah. If the Jaguars are looking for a spark, I have the man for, for the job right I'm here. Like, what is going on? I've, this is the trifecta of trouble because I do plug it in and it sparked just like exactly what the old man was dealing with with the Christmas tree on Christmas Story. All right, so let's start off with the college football playoff, and then we'll just kind of work backwards. We'll get to the to the Jags' win over the Carolina Panthers. Uh, but uh, on a Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota Tuesday, we got to get to the college football playoffs. Mm-hmm. And we were all talking about them going into these games. We wanted drama. We wanted good play, Leon. And we mm-hmm. got it, man. Uh, I'm going to question the play call, obviously, yeah. uh, like the rest of Bama Nation is doing uh, with, with uh, what Alabama needed to do to come back and try and tie that game up. So start there before we get to Washington. Well, I mean, and here's the reason why I love college football so much more than the NFL. I just do. I mean, the, the passion, the pageantry. You got two story programs are going two heavyweight fights, two two titans going at each other, each other, and it lived up to the billing. It absolutely lived up to the billing. Alabama, Michigan. I mean, it lived to the very end. Got winning the overtime. I mean, it was a battle interiorly in the trenches. It, it, it really was. It was won and lost inside in the trenches, and that's what I love so much about the game. They ran the ball effectively. Defense got after it. And, you know, Michigan just out-survived them. They, they just out-survived Alabama. Alabama gave them the best they could give them. Michigan gave them the best. And I just think it came down to just play calling. I think it came down to coaching. And that game, I think it came down just to just, oh, just a war of wheels. Mm-hmm. Who, who was going to will themselves to win that game in Michigan? They had the backs against the wall. They could have easily lost that game. That fourth and two back inside their 35. And they yeah. went down to drive the tide. They're going over time. It was classic. I loved it. Every, every it, bit of it. It can come down to a simple snap of the center, too. Yeah. Because yeah. on that last play, they had that RPO set up perfectly for, for a, a quick pass to the outside, a, a quick throw. They had the numbers. Mm-hmm. They right. could have scored and tied the game, and the snap gets well, low, and Jalen Milrow panics, and he picks it up, and he's not looking anymore. He's try, trying to run the ball. The tackle gets blown up. He gets knocked. You know, Latham gets knocked into him. It's little things like that yeah. make the difference in such a critical game. I forget who it was, which of the analysts said, Leon, that if Washington, Texas, which we'll get to here in a second, was this poetry of great offense and mm. air raid and passing yeah. attacks, then the first game was as close to Greco-Roman wrestling as we're going to get in, the nas- <clears throat> in college football. I loved it, every bit of it. It was one in the trenches. And to your point about that play that uh, with Milrose down at the, at the end, the last play of the game. I was yeah. watching. I was watching this morning on Get Up and Jeff Saturday, who's a center. He was saying that with that snap, he said quarterbacks because he's 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 um, snapped for 
uh, Peyton Manning and mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers. He mm-hmm. said that if it's going to be bad, they'd rather be high and outside mm-hmm. and then low and down because at least high and outside, you still can look at the field and get the ball and still maneuver and do what you need to do. Right. But when it goes down, your eyes go down, and that's why he panicked so so quickly and just ran the ball inside. Yeah. It's a and, snap, man. Yeah, it's a snap. I mean, but if you're, and it wasn't the first missed yeah. snap. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, well, it's not the first of his season. Yeah. Seth McLaughlin's been terrible this year. The, yeah. the whole thing is I don't, I don't blame the kid. He's been bad all year. I blame the coaching staff that di- didn't find another guy it. to replace him at yeah. some well, point. Yeah, and, and that's, by the way, it, not, not only have... that, it's the last play of the game. If you're Seth McLaughlin, aren't you thinking, man, this has got to be a A one snap? Yeah, yeah. Gonna, well, I well, cannot well, screw this up. Well, here's, yeah, that's here's the thing. Why he Here, screwed but, it up. But here's the thing, though. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm an offensive lineman. I understand a lot of people looking from the outside and say, how can you have that bad snap? You got somebody. You got a one technique. First of all, you got a bull in the ring right in front of you. Mm-hmm. All right, and you got to get on them. So if you if you give the purpose stack and get run over, what difference does it make? Right, yeah. I'm, just, no, I'm, give him, I'm, just, I'm not giving him an excuse. I'm not giving him an excuse, but I'm telling you, not just I know, this game. I know, but I'm just telling you. At that particular moment, I mean, at this particular moment, I mean, he's got to make a decision. I mean, because what would you say to him if he's your? Teammate, I say get it done. Right, get it absolutely done. It's inexcusable to have that bad snap at, at that pivotal point in the game. I'm just saying. Yeah, earlier, yeah. so they're coming out of halftime. They're driving easily on Michigan. You know, it looks like all of momentum is turning to Alabama's side. And back-to-back terrible snaps ruin the drive. Ends the drive, ends momentum, gives Michigan all the momentum. If you think about about the way the game unfolded is that defensively, Michigan was winning the war. Mm. Defensively, they were playing better. They were camping in Bama's backfield. And that was something that I didn't expect. I, I felt like when I looked at Bama against Georgia, they were going to get to Carson Beck. That was going to be the key to the win. That is what it was. And then I expected them to get to J.J. McCarthy, and they never did. Think about this. In the first half of the game, Alabama had less than 100 yards of offense, and Milrow had been sacked five times, yet it was still a three-point ball game. It was just a field goal ball game. And I'm thinking to myself, if you only are up three points and you've done all of that to Alabama in the first half of a ball game – then this game is completely up for grabs. What happens? Alabama gets themselves back in position. You know how they've outscored yeah, a yeah. bunch of people in the third quarter? The next thing you know, they're up by two scores, and then here comes Michigan well, again. Here's the thing that I thought. I mean, everybody thought what you just said, that Michigan they had all this success against Alabama defensively, that in the second half, Alabama's going to make those adjustments to come out and just roll Michigan. I just thought that was going to have roll it. But Alabama itself, it didn't, it didn't make their adjustments. No. They, that, that, that bunch look. That, they, that 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 rotated down and stuff like that. It was there all day. It was there on the left side. It was on the right side. And Alabama didn't make any adjustment to it, which ended up being their their Achilles heel, especially late when Michigan got that first down, mm-hmm. and then when Michigan moved down the field, they didn't make those necessary adjustments. And then they Alabama got, got they exposed. got formation to death. They, yeah. I mean, Michigan just literally just went formation, 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 and Alabama couldn't they couldn't communicate. You know, we heard the Jags two weeks ago. They got to communicate better. They had no idea what was going on in that game for the like, probably three and a half of the quarters of that game. That's, that's, it's that. It's also, and I think you have to admit this, and you, you can attest to this, Leon. They won the line of scrimmage, both offensively and defensively, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they dominated the line of scrimmage. They, I, I was shocked that there was like a probably 12 to 16, 17-minute span there on offense for Michigan where they went away from Blake Corman. I'm like, what are you doing? Right. Run the mm-hmm. ball. And then they finally realized in the fourth quarter, hey, let's run the ball. That really does sound like the Jags, by the way. Yeah, I mean, they realized, okay, let's run the ball now. And then they ran the ball, and there it was. Alabama, the same way. They got away from Jason McClellan. And I have no idea why they did that. They just kept, it's like, all right, let's keep dropping back, even though we can't protect him. Let's keep dropping back, keep getting him hit, 
keep mm-hmm. getting sacked, keep putting ourselves in, in you know, precarious situations. And odd. then when they very did odd. hand it off, they get like seven yards. Right. right. Like, exactly. Very odd. What, what was on? it? It was like six sacks on eight dropbacks at one point or something like some yeah. obscure number like that. Every time. Matt, if you could, and Leon, you can also chime in on this too, but I know, Matt, you were the one defending it off the top. We already have some nooners, which, of course, you can get in on the conversation at 641-1010 on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, who are already suggesting that that final play is all on Tommy Reese. So if you could explain that. It was an RPO. It was a simple RPO. They had it. They had it set up to the outside with a throw to the the tailback to the outside. It was three-on-three. All the tailback had to do was make a guy miss, which he had leverage on him because the Michigan defender was trailing. If you watch the play again, the Michigan defender was trailing. As long as those two guys out there, two wide receivers, make those blocks, that's a touchdown. It's, mm-hmm. an, it's a great play call, actually. And once the snap was bad, that ended everything. That, that screwed up. That's what RPOs are. It's got to be a perfect situation where, where the operation is right. Mm-hmm. Once one part of that operation doesn't work, look, here's Al. You ready for this? You ready for Alabama's pass grade, pass mm-hmm. block grades in this game? Mm-hmm. Right tackle, J.C. Latham. 74-3, right guard, 85-5. You're like, all right, that's you know not bad, mm-hmm. but decent. Center, Seth McLaughlin, 42.9%. Oh, yeah, yeah. Left guard, 22.2%. Left tackle, 38.3%. Well, it's safe to say that that's terrible. Terrible. Mm-hmm. 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 left side. That's safe to say it's a line of scrimmage game, oh, absolutely. and Michigan won the line of absolutely. scrimmage. Absolutely. That's what, even, even if you look on that play, that last play, the right tackle got destroyed. He, he actually tripped up Melrose in that, in that play. I mean, so whatever he was going to decide to do, he, that right tackle who had the angle block, which he was, you know, you had to step down and then, you know, make sure the guy, he got blown up. You, you can't let that happen. The, yeah, and that's I, a guy who's projected to go in the first round. Yeah. And on the opposite side, that's a five-star freshman. Yeah, in exactly. And Proctor. Yeah, wow. Proctor was, honestly, and he had played better <clears throat> as the season went along. Mm-hmm. And so I got to give it to Harbaugh and the Wolverines on the defensive side of the ball that they really played unbelievably well, better than I thought, because I thought that Alabama was cresting up, protection had been worked out, so on and so forth. All right, listen to Nick Saban. This is the quote on the final play, and I love this because it ties everything together. Quote, we called three plays. One, they called timeout. One, we called timeout. And the last one, that didn't work. The fact that it didn't work made it a really bad call. You know what I mean? But we called timeout because we had a bad look. We had a good look on the first one, and here's the, you know, singer. They must have known it. Mm. They must have known it. And then you pair that up with a shot. I don't even know who originally put it out, but Outkick was the one that I looked at, of Connor Stallions behind the uh, Michigan bench as things were going along. And it's just was classic that he surfaced once again as the guy who had been stealing signs, carving up video, and all this kind of stuff. Anyway, that was just the result, as Matt's talking about. The result was a terrible play call. Milrow had run once straight up before in the center, and they were able to move the masses of, of, of maize and blue, and he had the big run. Mm-hmm. And then let's not forget, they were very close with Burton to turning and turning that into a score, mm-hmm. remember? Yeah. And then he ended up getting hurt. And so I, 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 I come away with this thing going, I've got to give Jim Harbaugh credit for preparation, intensity, J.J. McCarthy playing smart ball, getting back to Blake Corn running the football. And Wilson, do you remember Wilson who made uh, drew the penalty flag mm-hmm. on that block, on that big run? And it basically 
took away a lot of that that offense that Rumble. Michigan Such created a stupid late. Play. And yeah. then he made two huge plays at the end of this ballgame. You gotta mm-hmm. give him credit. That's that's the opportunity a kid gets Leon to get himself right back on the on the front page for a good thing. Well thing, that's how you redeem thing. yourself, especially at, at that critical time of the, that that block in the back was just terrible. Yeah. It didn't affect the play either way. No, I mean no. he, he shouldn't have been done it, but he came back and he redeemed himself. That's the important thing about the games of this magnitude that you 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 got to you got to show and prove when you make a mistake like that. So it was good to see that. Absolutely. I was disappointed that we didn't have live footage of Connor Stallions being live streamed. Yeah, I know. He like, was, in fact, in the audience with Chase, with Chase Winovich. Oh, yeah. look it up. Oh, yeah, that's what I was just saying. Yeah. On, on Outkick has a shot of him behind oh, really? the bench. Oh, yeah. He is in the stands behind the bench, and he is right there in plain view. And he's smiling. He's embracing. <laughs> of course he's smiling. Yeah, yeah. And, and so he loves it. He also it. shaved his head. Yeah, and it he looks just, like at least. Well, he tried to go into witness protection. That's what you and do, then, yeah. Come on, yeah. Come to change on. Shave his head and say yeah. yeah. And it, but like, I, and I was joking throughout the night. You know, uh, they knew that they saw that coming. You know, that type of that type of stuff. But again, if people routinely steal signs and all that kind of stuff in the, in the world of college football, in the world of sports, for that matter, Michigan did enough to win this ball. Well, man, I wanted to ask you this question: How uh, this game was classic? It was it was a heavyweight fight all the way to the end. I mean, did the committee get it right? I mean, did they get the two best teams so I was in think- there? I'm, I'm glad you said that yeah. because I was thinking this last night. I, I think FSU with a healthy Jordan Travis could beat any of those four teams. No doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind. But he wasn't healthy. Right. So you got, mm-hmm. I mean, you got the right the four. The absolute number one reason Florida State was left out, there is no other reason, mm-hmm. is Jordan Travis's injury. <clears throat> that is the reason. And – now the result, Florida State gets absolutely hammered by Georgia. Two things happened. Florida State lost all the players that they lost into the portal, transfers, well, going pro, whatever down. it was. Well, and then Georgia said, we need to send us a statement because we also got left Well, the out. reason why I asked Med did the committee get it right because there's a difference between uh, the mo- more deserving or better team. Yeah. So I, I, I'm just saying, as better far as team, a, better team. Yeah, I, I, you, Alabama, it's always been, yeah, been four yeah. best. It's never. Yeah, I mean, been because the most as, as deserving as Florida State should have been to get into the playoffs, I, I just believe that Alabama, without Jordan Travis, Alabama presented themselves as the better team, and that's why we got the game we got. Right, you're not night. you're not in the playoff because you win every game. Yeah. Or Liberty would have been. If in it the, was Liberty four best, though, Georgia would have been in there. Well, well, they still – They the, didn't the, do best or deserving this time. Right. Well, the problem was is they were looking they, they at one – They just did what we wanted arguable. to see. Yeah. True. Well, no, no. I, no I, I don't think they did what we wanted to see either. I, I think we all wanted George in there too, but they didn't yeah. do that I either. don't think you can say they picked the best or most deserving quote well, I mean, they, I, this time. No, well, they beat, I think they just did. Well, Alabama beat we Georgia thought. though. They went for conference champions, mm-hmm. and then when they needed to separate, they said we've got it. two one-loss teams that both are deserving, Georgia and – Texas. In other words, we're kicking FSU to the curb because of the Jordan Travis injury. So now we're down to Georgia and Texas. I, yeah, I was just talking about yeah. Georgia. To yeah. me, Georgia so was obviously went, one of the best yeah. teams. Right. Th- they yeah. went three best, and then they and chose then, the SEC And then Georgia was those the, the left out because Texas was the champion yeah. of their conference. And Texas beat Alabama, who right. Georgia lost. And that, was the, yes. that was probably the one thing that said, okay, that's the direction that we're going in. All right, you guys let us know, 641-1010. You can jump on. We'll get back to FSU because uh, – like Herb Street went in on bowl games, period. So we'll get into all that coming up a little bit later on. But let's get to Washington and Texas. And I tell you what, KDB, that guy, Kalen DeBoer, that guy has got uh, a, a program up there in Washington. It was Steve Sarkeesian's old uh, stomping ground up there in Seattle. Both of these teams were able to put it on offensively back and forth. They went. We had 
uh, what was it, total of uh, 56 points in the first half of this game. It was just nuts. And then we get in the second half, and it looks like Washington's taking control. One mistake by the running back. He had been so solid throughout the first half. Coughs up the football. Next thing you know, it's a two-score game. And then we got to the fourth quarter. And thank God, because I thought it was going to be a little bit of a, of a husky runaway. Uh, I may or may not have dozed off because I felt like, eh, it's in hand. Yeah. Michael Penix Jr. is proving that what he stud. should be a first-round pick, let alone, I mean, a top-ten pick perhaps at this juncture. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, it was a 13-point game, and I felt, the, you know, the sleepies coming on because this is what happens when you kick off the second college football playoff at 9 o'clock at night on a Monday. Yeah. Um, and I said, eh, you know, 13-point lead. All right, we'll doze off. I'll be okay. And then I wake up, and all of a sudden, Texas is driving down the field mm. with a chance to win the whole thing. It, it, it was awesome. It was, it was like, awesome. what the heck happened? Four plays from the 12. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. unreal, and they couldn't get it in. Four <laughs> yeah. plays. Well, believe me. Don't we deserve have a, to be playing for a national uh, title. Honestly, against one of the worst pass defenses in the country. Four mm-hmm. plays from the 12. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get it in. Yeah. So, that, I mean, that's, that that's was an indictment, drama, man. Yeah. That was an, some drama. Yeah. It was, that, was, yeah that was dudes on the Washington side of the ball saying, look, man, it's now or never. Yeah, it's right, now so, or never. Okay, let's just talk about a couple quick things that have come out of this, and and like you know, let's make this the ten ten take, JJ, because at the very least, we were treated to some great theater. Now, Josie's ten ten take, slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pitmaster since sixty eight. You got to get back to work. We all know it. You have to embrace it. More people on the road today than we probably saw an entire uh, Christmas to New Year's week, but. If you're out and about, you're busy, you want a good meal, head into Sunny's, any one of your area Sunny's on the first coast. As you get back to work, they have been working, smoking it slow. Make sure you check it out. So Washington, I, I'm not going to say came out of nowhere because they were one of the teams that were, quote, a sexy pick uh, mm-hmm. to make it to the playoff. I, I remember Brett McMurphy was one of the first guys that, in the offseason that said Washington would make it to the college football playoff. But the bottom line is we saw Oregon, Washington, <clears throat> Texas, and you can name a few others that have all – put their names back in the conversation, and I can look forward to, in a big way, a 12-team playoff to see where this thing goes, what Georgia could have done if they would have been able to stay in there, what Oregon could have done. Bottom line is there's so much good play out there. Instead of just the normal heavyweights that we're so used to gravitating to, here comes Washington. Michigan has now made it to their first championship game under Jim Harbaugh. They've not made it past the semifinal round, and they are there. So, it is, I think it's joy in Whoville when it comes to all the good football that we've got in the college game. That's Matt, the 10-10 take. Man, when's the last time an SEC team didn't represent the championship game? Uh, that's a saucy nugly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have yeah. the answer for it. Okay. I'm thinking I may know. Go ahead. What do you got? I'm thinking Oregon, Ohio State? Yeah, there that you go. That's correct. Yeah, because that, that would have been 2014. I, I, was thinking, I was thinking about that last night. Very first like, playoff. Wow. Yeah, so you can call it a decade. Yep. Because Is that Cardale? Yeah, that was, that was, was that a yeah, shotgun. Was that Cardale? Yeah, 12 It's the first time since 2014 that an SEC team or Clemson will not win a national championship in wow. college football. And it was FSU losing to Oregon, Alabama losing to Oregon St- or oh, Ohio, Ohio State. Ohio State, yeah. And then those two played. And remember, this was Dalvin up. Cook. Was that Ezekiel Dalvin Elliott? Cook coughed it up a couple times, and that was the infamous – Jameis going backwards. The fumble. Oh, the, the phantom fumble. fumble. Yeah. yeah, that was let classic. Me, let me just say this It was guys, Cardell okay? Jones. It should have been Brock Glenn. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, right. What about Emory Williams? <laughs> yeah. So I texted you guys after the Michigan Alabama and I said Michigan will be either one of these two teams. And then after watching Washington, well, you start to think, you know, there, there are teams that have this ability to win games that are, that are important games, that are big games. They've won five straight one-possession games. In their 21-game win streak, 12 of them have been one-possession games. 
So I don't think they can line up and trade blows with Michigan, but they can surely spread Michigan out. Now listen to this. They can and surely, their line can protect. Yeah, they can spread Michigan out and throw the ball because last night against Texas, there are four receivers, Roma Doozy, Jalen Polk, Jalen McMillan, and Jeremy Bernard were targeted 20 times. 20 times. 19 catches for 353 yards and two touchdowns. That was a battle of bad, like, when you have, When you have a hot quarterback yeah. like that, when you have guys that are catching a ball, yeah. they, and by they the way, can win. They, Maddie, you're going to win games. Yeah, <clears throat> this is a battle of bad defenses, at least as we've seen Big 12, Pac-12 mm-hmm. play through the years. That's basically the indictment. But those were some studs, and it wasn't just – Well, Texas like was said, top 10 defense this year. And you, had, mm-hmm. and you had tight ends. Well, it's because of who they play. But anyway, tight ends. Yeah, but, I mean – You had tight ends, But that's ends, the same receivers. kind of team they're playing. Washington's just like a Big 12 team. They all made plays, man. They were impressive. That's what I'm saying. Washington yeah. really played well. They, yeah. they are a team right now that no matter what you throw in front of them, they are there – in the fourth quarter with a chance to win the game or with the lead. So you got early Washington lean? In no, this game? I'm just saying I'm just saying anyone who thinks Michigan's gonna blow them blow them out, which is what I texted you guys after that mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, Michigan would just physically dominate them, but man, you watch Washington and they just they know Especially how to score. Especially against points. that Texas front. They know how to score points yeah, they, and here's the big thing. They don't make mistakes, man. They don't. And how about a guy by the name of uh Braylon Trice, who may or may not be my sneaky pick, the early prediction for uh for the Jags maybe on day mm-hmm. one or day two of the NFL mm-hmm. draft. Um because that's the thing that gets overlooked, I think, Matt. Between him, Muhammad on the back end, yes, Washington's defense is not as elite as Michigan's. It's not as elite as Georgia's for all of the Georgia fans on the text mm-hmm. line going crazy right now that they're one of the four best teams. We'll get to that argument later in the program. Washington has dudes on defense, and like you said, they're in the right place at the right time, and you cannot deny against a Texas offensive line, which was praised throughout the duration of the week, they got pressure consistently. They were in the backfield consistently. They were, and at the very least, they they made plays when they had to. So they played they played a much better game than they had all year defensively. They were really good. Yes, yes. And then it kind of fell apart in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. You know, Washington started getting Texas started getting hot. They started throwing the ball better. Ewers started getting a little more confidence. Ewers had less than like 150 yards going. The yeah, it was quarter. a yeah, not so a he, great he night was, for him. He struggled, uh, and then the all way, of a sudden he got he gets hot. He also and for- they. They go right down the field. It's like I said earlier. Think about this. Four shots from the 12. Yeah, I know. Four. Yeah. They had four chances to throw it in the end zone, and not one of them Especially was. And with should the have never had that offense. opportunity yeah. because like that, that guy gets thing. hurt. Oh, they have to waste a timeout. Like, that rule is really stupid. It, yeah. It'll be changed. It's a awesome. team it's that has the ball trying to run a timeout or trying to run the time down, and you force them to take a timeout. Because yeah. their guy got hurt. Dumb. Mm-hmm. It's not their fault. Um, like, other X factor real quick before we take our first break. Xavier Worthy, two catches for 45 yards. A.D. Mitchell, four catches for 32 yards. Granted, one was a touchdown. For me, that is the biggest, biggest flaw in Texas's plan and Texas's execution against Washington last year. Yeah, night. they did not have They also got away away from the run, by the way. They were running on Washington, got yeah, away from the run. But it was the fumble that made him gun shy after yeah, that. It really I get was because four was I get balling. It. I get it really it. was. They both right. were. So right. it was blue. Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota, they bring you today's show. You want to get on the lot and begin 2024 with a, just a brand-new ride pre-owned. They've got a department where they're constantly looking for great deals, making sure it's affordable for you. They're there to wow you, so check it out, beaverchevrolet.com and right there on Phillips Highway, beavertoyotasaintaugustine.com, and in the AUG on US1. You will not go wrong with either one of those choices. Let's get to your Jags. They shut out their expansion brother, uh, now the Carolina Panthers, the worst in the National Football League. But Jacksonville's got a chance, this Ville to that Ville, to take the AFC South for the second straight year. We'll get into that. 
Coming up next on XL Primetime. Beginning with Trevor, he is progressing. Uh, he was in today getting his getting his treatment, rehab, all that. We'll see. He's kind of day-to-day right now, so we'll see how he is on Wednesday. Uh, see, um, you know, uh, what his limitations or whatever it might be, but uh, he is definitely, um, you know, improving. Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. Doug Peterson yesterday on Zoom meeting with reporters, a little less than 24 hours removed from a 26-0 victory over the Carolina Panthers. Welcome back into XL Primetime. Mia O'Brien, Joe C., Matt Hayes, Leon Searcy, J.J. LaSalva, the gang is all here. Even John Party hanging with us, making sure we are firing on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and, of course, all of our various social channels as well. Trevor Lawrence did not play in that 26-0 victory over the Carolina Panthers. C.J. Beathard, 17 of 24 for a buck 78, a 7.4 yard per average throw. No touchdowns, no picks. Did just enough, Leon, mm-hmm. that you need to see from a backup quarterback to win you a ball game. And so the question becomes, even if Trevor Lawrence could be clear to play on Sunday against the Titans, the quote-unquote lowly Titans, although still an AFC South opponent, Even if Trevor Lawrence says he's healthy and he's ready to go, are you starting Trevor Lawrence against the Titans in Week 18? Well, what I I saw from C.J. Beathard, I would say no uh, because that was a team win. That was an absolute team win. I mean, C.J. Beathard didn't do anything for us to win the game, but he didn't do anything to us to lose the game. Took care of the football, offensive line protected well. We ran the ball decently, and and defensively we got after it. I mean, we just got after it. We got six sacks. We got pressure. We stopped the run. You know, I think we kept their offense, what, under 150 yards or something like that, total yards, whatever. If you play like that down the stretch, the way that we were expecting them to play in December, I think you can go in there in Tennessee and win with that, with those complementary things. But I got to see that same duplication come this week that I saw last week. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll try and create a, a poll out of this because, honestly, I, I feel like you get one thing, like you squeeze something good mm-hmm. out of that lemon in C.J. Beathard. And then you go again, and then that lemon is bone dry, putting him on the road against a Mike Vrabel-led team that would love nothing more than yeah. to uh, put a sour but, note. Did, did you not see the, the Titans against Tech? The oh, Texas? they were terrible. They were horrible. Okay, but you they know. Hey, by the way, the Titans here at the bank against the Jags <clears throat> were terrible. They were. Okay, and this team lit them up. But at the same time, and I like what I saw from C.J. Beathard because mm-hmm. what does he do? He plays smart. He doesn't try and do too much. He's going to take what's in front of him. All those things. I think Trevor Lawrence could learn learned a lot from the sidelines watching him. But just be careful if you if you want to rest Trevor Lawrence, Matt, because it's legitimate and that AC joint is severe enough where one more week would help mightily. Well, then yeah, you got to roll the dice. Uh, but not, at the same time, uh, you're not resting anybody. If he can yeah. play, he's playing. Play. He's playing, play. man. Yeah. Are you, I mean, I mean, they have plenty I, I, of players this I, week I, I, that could have played, but they opted to rest them. Yeah, right, but, I, but this is this is man, probably because they knew they could beat Carolina. Exactly, and, and not, Carolina not only that. I mean, this is like literally, this you, team's going to want revenge for last year. Ga- if, if you lose this game, you're out of the playoffs. Yeah, if he can play and he's ready to go, yeah, play, I don't care if he's seventy five percent. He's better than C.J. Beathard. Play him. Yeah. Uh, And and by the way, I do think there's something to be said. Nothing. No offense to C.J. Beathard. He did a great job last week. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Like I said, we're talking about a guy who plays within his means, okay? When he takes off and runs, that's a little bit of a mule run, okay? That's a slow, 
run, a Jaboni type of run. An Iowa run. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. is. It is. Yeah. And so he needs – in other words, he knows what his limits are, and he's going to make sure that he gives the ball to the people that well, can make plays. And thankfully, Travis Etienne was there yeah. to, to make to create some offense. Well, well, well the thing that I noticed about him on Sunday is that he didn't press. If it wasn't there, if, if the ball wasn't there, he took off. Yeah. He took off, especially when it was a man coverage. He just took off and ran the ball and yeah. got first downs or got five or six, seven yards. I mean, that's the most impressive thing for me is that he, did, he didn't turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. He, you know, we didn't turn the ball over collectively. So, I mean, we still got to show up there. I mean, I think me and Coach Campo was watching the interior of the offense line early in the, the first half, mm-hmm. and they still need some help. But, but, but I'm just saying, but collectively, I think Cam Robinson helped. Yeah. I, I, oh I think my gosh! Yes. I thought I think he brought a little attitude. Listen, him taking a helmet on, throwing it in, in the end zone is probably the toughest thing this offensive line has done all year. Yeah, I'm yeah. just being honest. Yeah, I'm just saying. And, and he brought a little attitude. He brought a little spunk. He brought a little fire, a little swag, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that might be a little contagious for this offensive line who've been, who been pushed around all season long. Yeah. And what's interesting, Leon, and I asked Doug Peterson this yesterday on the conference call. Um, What's interesting is I think Cam emotionally brings such a boost. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the bulk of Travis Etienne's runs, and actually the, the plot chart is out now for C.J. Beathard's throws as well, almost everything was going to the right side. Mm-hmm. And so obviously that's a tribute to Anton Harrison. And Doug explained, and maybe you can elaborate a little bit further on this, that so much of it was about the backside help and if they're pulling in a certain direction. So certainly on paper it looks like, much of the offense was run behind Brandon Scherf and behind Anton Harrison. Mm-hmm. But that left side, how does it still play a factor in, in ensuring you're actually getting push along the right? Well, I mean, I mean, having Cam back, I mean, first of all, you know that, that now you're a little bit more secured on the left side as far as protection-wise goes, especially the blind side. But if he, if he was a little heavy on that side, I mean, I mean, Anton Harrison coming back, I mean, he's solid, he's solidified. Sheriff played a little better in this game right there. I mean, so I just think collectively – I think the offensive line was okay. Interiorly, they still need to show up some stuff because I, I noticed that they get overwhelmed. And then if they get overwhelmed against Carolina Panthers' defensive front, playoff time when the Clevelands of the world come in here, it, it, could be, it could be trouble. But what's interesting, and again, I think this time last week, this whole town was as you know glass half empty as it's been all year. But it's funny because all last week we talked about what Derek Brown and Brian Burns could still do despite the fact that Carolina's season is all but over. And what's fascinating is we just had Jeff Lagerman in the studio on Jaguars Today, and he noted that he was as surprised as anybody that they lined Brian Burns, who traditionally lines up on the right tackle, mm-hmm. they lined him up on Cam. And mm-hmm. that was a bit of a surprise for him and Baselli in the booth. And so the fact that they were able to hold up against two guys that, yes, I understand the operation around them isn't too great, but mm-hmm. Derek Brown and Brian Burns are still considered two of the more ascending young pass rushers in the game, and they all but neutralized them. Yeah, well, well – well. While I was watching them, they they beat they did Burns did get around on a twist. They ran a t, they ran a te stunt when he yeah, came he, around and he got, and he got a sack. Of the, and it was one particular time where he where Cam got beat inside a little bit. He didn't give up the sack, but he gave up a little pressure to uh, on on um, Bether. But I think the reason why they moved them over against Cam was they was hoping and anticipating Cam might have been a little rusty. That's it, right there. You know what I'm saying? Might have been a little yeah. rusty, so they moved him over there and, to try and, to expose him. And by the way. Uh, Burns has been rusty. He's not been very mm-hmm. good this year. Yeah. Not He's nearly as good sacks, yeah. after getting paid and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And and so anyway, Derek Brown's a stud. Okay, yeah. he is a stud. Interiorly, the uh, stats that he stacked up, he's impressive. But at the same time, going back to what you said, so Burns gets off on Cam, mm-hmm. but overall they held uh, yeah. held the line more than they have for the last four weeks. So they're 
their physical toughness had been challenged. Mm-hmm. And Cam coming back and basically saying, you know what, we're going to win a fist fight today. Well, there's another thing that I noticed about Cam, and I've been in that situation where you, when you see and you know the offensive line is struggling and you hurt and you can't do anything about it, I think that once you get back on the field, you kind of want to impose your will on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. They say, hey, listen, I'm here, I'm back, let's get it going. He just seems daddy's like home. A, yeah, daddy's home. Exactly. <laughs> Basically, but daddy's home, you know. Print the shirt. You know, so that, that that was good to see. Absolutely, that was good to see that, that Cam came back and, and it, it, felt, it had, was like a whole new energy on that offensive line when he came back. So, so I mentioned Travis Etienne earlier, and that was a mammoth run down the mm-hmm. sidelines when they needed it the most because this team, once again, struggling to get in the end zone. Bunch of field goals before they finally saw six and they were able to get it done. And for ETN and for all the guys that we're talking about up front, that was a big moment in this ballgame. Yeah, it was. It, it, it really was a big moment in the ballgame because ATN's got next man speed. Yeah. You know what next man is. Whatever yeah. he, the man next to me run, I run fast. That's, that's what, <laughs> that's what I, they are doing. That was so that, fun to watch, dude. That's, that's, that's the truth. I mean, because he had another gear. Because I said, is he going to catch him? And I went, thought he was going to no. catch him. I really did. Yeah. I said, No, well, if anything, he had to throw <laughs> Parker Washington yeah. to the side just to make yeah. his way to the end zone. He did. He did. So, I mean, and I'm going to tell you another thing. The, the beginning of the draft, now I only led to a field goal. Mm-hmm. So when Bethel came out there and he drove down, to, drove us down to a field, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lie. When he first gets stepped on the field, I was like, this project, I, I don't know about this project. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, he methodically went down, not only scored three points, but he didn't turn the ball over. He took what they gave him. And what's crazy is, is when this team was winning its ball games, when we was on that nice little streak, that's what we were doing. Yeah. I, I think Trevor know, we, needed to see that. That's what we were doing. We were just right. taking what they gave us, methodically moving down the field or whatever, and people started complaining that, man, why isn't the ball going down deep? And then when we started trying to do that, that's when we started getting in trouble. So yeah. Coach Campo will join us, yes, <clears throat> 2 o'clock yeah. hour, and so we'll break this down even further, but I see plenty of you on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures asking about it. I had many a friend texting me yesterday before Doug's conference call asking it as well. Let's dive into that. Mm-hmm. Why did it feel like, as the, the, the 912 points out, you could see C.J. Beathard going through his progressions very quickly. Trevor tends to lock in on his first guy. I know there's been a lot of discourse surrounding that in particular, but let's focus on that first part of that text. Why did it look like C.J. Beathard was so cool, calm, and collected, number one? But number two, he wasn't taking the play clock down to five, Leon. They were getting the playoff quickly, mm-hmm. sometimes going no huddle, and they were moving the offense smoothly, methodically, but getting the ball up and down the field, why did it look like that Sunday comparatively to the past four weeks? Uh, well, first of all, you got to know Beth is playing with house money. Mm-hmm. Right? He, he's absolutely playing with house money. And um, and, and I just think Beth, Beth just was more composed uh, I mean, than, than, than Trevor's been over these last four weeks that we've been losing. You know, he went through his progressions. Now, listen, Trevor is – on another atmosphere compared to C.J. Beck. Right. All right, let's just get that out of the clear. All this notion about, yeah, but he played better. Yeah, he played better for one game, all right? Exactly. You know. Backup Trevor, quarterback always yeah, the favorite guy. But yeah, Against the worst team exactly, in the NFL. Exactly. Everybody exactly. loves a backup quarterback, I mean, especially when really they win. We're not talking about this right now, I know, but we? fans are. Is this fans, really like an argument yes, we're making it's not right a, now? No, it's not an well, argument. Well, we do have a poll question. Yeah, yeah. of course. As always, Augustine, would you go back to Beathard for the Titans game? Yes, let him play or no, we need Trev. It's closer than you think. It's around 60-40. Seriously. All right, go at to the Healthy, he's just playing. Said that he would rather play Beathard. I mean, no, 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 I'm, no. I'm, I'm, I would play Beathard if, if Trevor's not healthy. Right. And only if Trevor, if Trevor is 70, 75, 70, 75 percent, 
playing Trevor. Mm -hmm. But if Trevor's under 50%, he's not ready. And like I said, you can only go to that well so often. Mm. Uh, Josh Dobbs caught lightning in a bottle first couple of games, and they figured him out. All I, what I like is the combination of resting Trevor, letting him see success on that football field mm-hmm. with someone else having the football in his hands, throw for a high completion percentage, get the, the team the dub, okay? Yeah. Then you go up there and you you correct a few of your mistakes and then you start to get healthy again. Well, he also watches from the mm-hmm. sideline a simplified offense. Mm-hmm. Is there some value to that, Leon? Because obviously they had to simplify the game plan because it's not 16 under center. Mm-hmm. Does 16 well, <laughs> benefit from just watching that simplified operation smoothly go up and down the field? Well, well one hand washes the other. You got to remember now, a, a quarterback's best friend is his backup quarterback, even when he's starting. So, Trevor, mm-hmm. if Trevor throws an interception, a pick, or misses a player, or whatever, when he comes to the sideline, and, and Brunel used to do this, when he comes to the sideline, first thing he does is ask the quarterback, what did you see? Not mm-hmm. no quarterback, what did you see? What did you see today? And then he explains what he saw. So, I mean, the same thing with Trevor. With Bethard, you know, I'm I'm sure that they they exchange in exchange words and stuff like that. Matt, I know you were there. Seeing I'm getting right really now. annoyed. Actually, <laughs> I'm getting really annoyed. It was the worst team in the NFL. It was that had and nothing to play for on the there road. You go. That that's the other part of on it. the road. Yeah, the other part of it right there. Is that have really? I'm, I'm getting really annoyed why, right why now. Are you, why are you going to steal the because man's man thunder? You're still the man's thunder. You're talking about. I know. I think he played really well. Man. That's what backup quarterbacks are supposed to do. Like when they need you, you step and you play well. I I, I give him all the credit in the world. Mm. He played a very good game. Well, not all the credit in the world. It was yeah. the worst <laughs> team in the NFL. Yeah. And he played at home. Yeah, exactly. And they played for a team that was desperate to win. Leon said it last week, and really the last couple weeks, why are you paying the man? Okay? Yeah, why is he there then? <laughs> he's he's, he's there for this exact reason. Exactly. Kidding. I'm saying why is he getting paid Why he's on the roster. you got to use him, utilize him when it's deemed so necessary. What do you do? So what if do you, you do? go in there, you say yeah. you're going to start him instead of Trevor Lawrence on no, the road against no, the Titans. No, if Trevor's not healthy. If Trevor's not yeah, 50%. Now, do we think that he was healthy enough? I don't care enough. if Trevor's 50. If he says he can play, he's playing. Like, if if, the, if that Carolina game was do or die, you know, like literally they had to win to get into mm-hmm. the playoffs. If it was the last week of the season, was Trevor healthy enough to play, we think, Mia? Like, I think that's, it's a so coin flip. That's, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. the bigger question. That's what I brought up to the boys during the handoff <laughs> with Jaguars today. Or were they just like, hey, we can win with CJ here. Let's so just play CJ. So Albert Breer spoke with Bethard and spoke with some other people around the Jags camp, and he reported yesterday that he got a quote from Bethard that last Monday or Tuesday, Trevor Lawrence went to CJ and said, yeah, man, I don't think it's going to happen this week. And CJ said, man, he's as open with me as any quarterback I've ever worked with, and he never says he's out. Mm. And the fact that he said it's not looking good Mm. on Monday or Tuesday says to me that despite the fact that there was so much optimism in the building in the second half of last week that Trevor may have been able to go. He was never going to play. Right. It, but, or, but then again, you have to pair this with, and again, I, this is all going to be in hindsight 2020 in a you know, couple months from now when we ask some people around the building. But it is so fascinating that we said, hey, we said, the JAG said, you know, the training staff said, hey, you know what, let's get Walker Little and Ezra Cleveland some rest. I was as surprised as anybody that Tyler Shatley was announced in the starting lineups. And I talked to Tyler Shatley nearly every week. I helped him pick out a new cable plan last week. Shout out to the Shatleys. Um, so that, like, that's where it, it, it's, it was so surprising. But I think it was a, hey, you know what, do we need this reset? Do we need a second to say, you know what, let's get our guys healthy? And maybe it wasn't just from the training staff. Maybe it was from Trevor himself who said, you know what, maybe it's because it's the Panthers. Maybe it's just because we need this healthy reset. I don't know for certain. 
but I know that you saw it in other areas of the lineup and how they attacked the Panthers. And so that's why I truly do not know what the health of Trevor Lawrence is right now and if he will be able to play on Sunday. Well, well they, they, were, they were able to make that – I think they were able to make that decision because there was no desperation. I think if this was like uh, right. another team, let's say if it was a Buffalo or something like that, yeah, I think that I, maybe the decision right. – that, that would have factored in. They fact, the lowly old Panthers, they, they're basically saying, listen, if we can't win this game with some of our backups, then we got problems. I think you go to the blackboard, all right, yeah. Uh, what do we got? Mm-hmm. We got a situation. Okay, we got this guy injured. All right, next question. Who are we playing? Okay, all right, next question. Yep. Uh, you think we can get him without him? That's mm-hmm. it. I mean, honestly, I think that's, I, that's, yeah, that's how it unfolded, basically, more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And when you're just talking about it like that, they probably felt like they needed to course correct on the play call sheet because it looked mm-hmm. to me like Doug might have done a little bit more of that. They needed to course correct him running the football. They needed to be more physical up front. And so a lot of those things they asked of their football team, and it's like you always say, Leon, whenever the backup comes in, everybody needs to tighten their belt. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to step forward and bring a little more, and I think that's basically what happened. Yeah, especially defensively. Yeah. I, I haven't seen this defense play like this forever. I, they, they, a six, uh, they had six sacks against this team. Now their offensive line is terrible. They're two tackles. Aquanu and Moden, they were bad. They yeah. were just bad. They were getting beat inside, outside, twist game, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, Josh Allen and, and Walker Little just teed off, which was still good. Made plays, Trayvon Walker. Huh? Still made Trayvon the plays, though. Trayvon Walker. Yeah. Huh? They still made the plays? Yeah, good. yeah. Here, here's yeah, another thing, too, is what what was the number Baselli put out there when the season began? 25. 25. Yeah, I know. He, I listen, he actually right went there. back. He went he from did. 25 back to 23. He should have stayed at 25. Yeah. We I all thought, made fun of him. He nailed I know I did. Nailed. I, know, I thought he was drinking wine. Did you see how quickly he was, he was quick to pull up? McManus's tweet during no, the broadcast. Oh, no, you got to hey. see. During the broadcast, Tony Baselli pulled up Tom McManus's tweet about, man, I'm hearing Baselli on 10-10 right now, and he's saying they're going to combine for 25 sacks. Good luck with that. During the broadcast, That's Baselli great. quote. There was the, a lot of downtime. In here's the, the, uh, yeah, game. here's the number I have gravitated to in this whole equation. 25-23, I don't care. Nine is what I care about because Coach Campbell and I said we're going to get Trayvon to nine. We're one off of that. One off of it. And if we do that, then we're obviously. No, you're there. He's got nine now, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's got nine yeah. now. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. One oh, off met, of it. In other words, beating okay, nine. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And so we get to next week. And so at the very least, we're what in the game of golf is described as dormy. We cannot lose. Coach Campo and I, I'm looking dead red at Matt Hayes. We Wait cannot lose. Wait a second. As a matter of both fact. You and, both you and Dave. At one point this season said it was a bus pick. We don't we, we don't remember that. Right. right. You don't remember that. <laughs> matter of fact, matter of fact, I'll drink to that. I give you know him, what? I give him all the credit in the world, man. He 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 has gotten better and better every week. You know he, what? He's a good player. You could just take that. He's okay, a good player. I'll put David not, Tepper on you right now. I'm not saying he's a one overall pick, but he's a good player. He's How about player. David Tepper just throwing beer on a Jaguar fan? Do we know it was beer? We it don't looks know. like a mixed oh. drink to it me. It could have been vodka. It was, a, it was a light brownish color. So it could have been bourbon. He certainly was drinking to do something that dumb. Come on, man. Don't do that to Duval. Hey, listen, mm. if you're out there, let us know if you were underneath the box uh, that David Tepper was. Now, what would have happened if we had to climb to that box and just oh. went, I don't know. We, 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 like Viking. 2017 Seahawks exactly, on them? Exactly. You know? I mean, so, come on now. Hit the text line 641 or you can go to YouTube uh. and find 1010XL. And let us know, honestly, because there has to be a Duval Nooner that was right there under the box. And Tepper – is one row up, and I don't know if you guys know this, but I have gone sweet level from time to time. So I do have a, a sense of what it's like up there, and you do have fans right below you. 
And so he must have been getting it from the fans the whole game. Oh yes, of no, course. but it wasn't like they were egging him on from the video. Yeah, at he least just, it didn't. He just was upset at the turn at the the interception and his He's first... upset about his franchise being <laughs> terrible and his quarterback being probably one of the worst in the league. And his first thought was, you know what? Let me throw this drink. <laughs> and don't waste beer or bourbon. Don't do it. It's expensive, okay. especially at Everbank Stadium. You better my guy. believe it. You try and buy a own, bottle out of the, the owner. sweet he area. He's the owner. That's like throwing hundreds. But so that's so let's let's end with that before we take our next break, Leon. Throwing a one. I don't think a financial penalty or you know some sort of disciplinary action, a fine, is going to do anything to David Tepper. No, you know what I want? I want a full apology to Duval. Yeah, I want him. Yes, that's what I want. That's what I want. I want an apology. I want him to come on the air and apologize on our show, on, on our our show, show and apologize to the Duvalians. That's it. That's it. That's all we need. That's all we want. I think we need a tweet is that what at it is, him. Duvalians? That's it, Duvalians. Is he on Twitter? I just made that up. Is he on Instagram? We need to find him. David Tepper, this is your open invitation to join XL Primetime. When we come back, we'll stay on the Jags. We'll also get back to the bowl games from the week that was. Uh, Leon, I'm going to leave you with this little note. Yes, the Jaguars now have to go on the road. Yes, it's a little bit more difficult for Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker to maybe, you know, face a Titans offensive line that's bad, but maybe not as bad as the Panthers. That's terrible. Will Anderson last week against that Titans offensive line, mm-hmm. and granted he was at home, he played 12 snaps, two sacks, six pressures. Wow. That's doing work. This is XL Primetime. Grilling Up Lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. One o'clock hours here. It's XL Primetime. Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota. They bring you today's show, and they've always got deals every single day. They're to wow you, and you think of the lineup of SUVs, pickup trucks, beautiful sedans, quality and economy. If you're looking for that, it's all right there on the lot. The Chevy line, the Toyota line. Make sure you check out both Beaver Chevy and Beaver Toyota. We have been talking about the college football playoff. We've been talking about your Jacksonville Jaguars. So we're going to keep it going in the 1 o'clock hour. Joe C., Mia O'Brien, Maddie back from vacay, Big Sars, and JJ. And you guys are definitely invited to join in the fun uh, by going to YouTube. You can search 1010XL. You can offer up a comment there because we've been talking about whether or not Trevor should play if he's healthy against the Titans or ride with Bethard. Uh, so the pop-off is available right there. Uh, all you got to do is go to YouTube. This is the Yahoo pop-off chat line. Yahoo! And, of course, hit the text line designed by Lifetime. It closes at 641-1010. And let us know what you think about that. College football playoff, uh, the semifinals, outstanding. It had a little bit of everything. Track meet in one, fist fight in the other, and now you've got Washington and Michigan. I guess I was wrong on both. I had Alabama, Texas. At least, you know, the, when we were doing our picks, I'm like, I wanted to take Washington, but Mia took him. I'm like, I just got to go opposite of her, at least one. So I wasn't crazy about it, but that is, you know, what I ended up picking. Michigan was Leon's pick throughout the entire season and had him pick to go to the Natty, uh, which led someone to show up at our door today. Oh, yeah. Um, I think his name was Nestor. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was oh, Jim Harbaugh. No, no, it wasn't uh, Jim Harbaugh. Guy, maybe Nestor. it was Jim Harbaugh's was it Nestor? dad. Did you guys see this video yet of Jim Harbaugh's dad? That Maybe mm-hmm. that's Nestor. Maybe yeah. it's a pseudonym because Big uh, John. he literally looks like Jim Harbaugh. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Look at this. Yeah, it, they are Harbaugh through it's and through. For frightening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When what does Nestor say? What, what, when Nestor, uh, you know, uh, Taylor said that someone's down up front to meet me, yeah. you know. I'm always concerned about that because you, know, <laughs> you never know. You never know. So I go up there, and Nestor is actually, uh, he told me to mention that he is a, a neighbor of Frangie. And mm-hmm. he said he listened to Frangie, 
pick Alabama over here. Now, he went to Michigan. Oh, ah, there it is. There he is. Nestor went to Michigan, right? So he, he lives in uh, uh, Frangie's neighborhood. So yeah. he told me to mention the fact that he, will under, he would know who it is. And he said uh, to tell Frangie to um, just go on what he said. Stick it. That's what he said. Yeah. Stick it. I stand yeah. corrected. Go uh, maize and blue. Jim Harbaugh and John Harbaugh's father's name is indeed Jack. Jack, yeah. Uh, yep. Leon, take, nah. my, take my laptop. You okay. need to look at this. Let me see. Tell All me right. this is not, yeah, this is the not Jim. Person. They're the oh, same. Oh, my goodness. And his mom gets in on the action in this interview. Yeah. My son talks about the two of you all the time. Uh, he, wow. He's talked about this moment coming for this program for a long time. How do you put into words your emotions this... right now? Are you kidding me? <laughs> they won! <laughs> What's better than that? No, I just... We haven't figured out a family that we'll use for a long time. And it goes like this. Who's better, better than us? The wife got in on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's she a Jack Harbaugh was like like coached at Stanford. He's a co- former college coach. Oh yeah, he's uh, well. The, the, the Jim told the great story, and this is kind of like channeling back to my you know poor days, maybe Matt's poor days, but KC, my dad, you know, like you you lived meagerly. That's what you did. Yeah. And so John Harbaugh or Jack uh, basically said, uh, you know, kids are clamoring for vacation. He goes, you want a vacation? Get in the car. Mm. They got in the car. They drove down to the center of the city, rode around the fountain, said, there's your vacation. Took them back home. And so the only time they got a vacation is when they went to Lovely. the Rose Bowl. <laughs> At least and they had a car to drive. In. Exactly. Oh, oh, there you go. I knew that. There you go. So the only time they got a vacation is when they got to go to the Rose Bowl. So those were his fondest memories yeah. as a kid, which yeah. is pretty cool. Here's the thing. I picked Alabama in our picks. I may or may not have picked Alabama in two different parlays. Mm-hmm. But no one is happier than me that we get another week of Jim Harbaugh content because mm. it is the most elite content we have seen in pop culture over the last five months. Apparently, the- we didn't get a handshake pregame between really? him and Saban. Uh, th- again, this is the content that I need and Keeps I crave as we begin 2024. So let's begin with some of the headlines, the fallout from Michigan's victory in the semifinal, beginning with Adam Schefter currently on the Pat McAfee show. Um Jim Harbaugh hasn't signed an extension with Michigan yet. He has hired Don Yee as his agent who has deep NFL connections. Quote, if there's an NFL team out there that makes a really compelling offer, my sense is that Jim would entertain that offer from uh, Adam Schefter. Chargers. Mm-hmm. Chargers. Yes. I'm thinking Chargers. Of course he is. They're going to win it all and he's going to walk away. And it would be the perfect sta- exit stage left for him. because Well, he it would- has to be because the NCAA is coming after him. Yeah, because he would have risen to the top. He knows the NCAA has got uh, – well, they're on a mission. They have very little power, but apparently they're now they have the a, Harbaugh power. They're on a mission. Yeah, and they want to like get they him. were with Pete Carroll, same yeah. thing. And so they're going to get him out, and he's going to go right into a great situation. Well, I mean, if he wins the national championship, he's going to get in the NCAA a, a warranted middle finger, right? On his Double way. shock, Double man, sh- not just one, man. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely love that. What if he loses, though? Oh, well. he's, still out of th- he's still out of town. Yeah, he's still bouncing. He's, he's getting out before the chef gets there. Yeah, and, and, and by the way, same thing well, Pete Carroll did. But same we thing. say this, okay? We say this with Pete Carroll, and you you had evidence in Southern California that SC was doing some – that there was some mischief going on back when it wasn't allowed, but it was, it was done. Mm-hmm. And so that was okay. Pete Carroll says, I'm getting out of here. Go, the, go back to the NFL. Everything's good. Michigan, at least you haven't seen signs of impropriety. Oh, yeah, other, you have. They other, fired Chris Parcher, their, their linebacker's coach. Yeah. They didn't fire him just for the hell of it in the middle, yeah. in the middle of the season. Right, and so if they find There's the bad clearly man. There's evidence there. That would make me happy, actually. But Michigan doesn't care because, you know what? They just want that title. Yeah. And then they'll deal with anything yeah. else afterwards. Banners exactly. fly forever. Yes, yeah. that's all they care about. And that's I, 
I mean, I'm all right with that, actually. Mm-hmm. I'm all right with that. And as if a sighting of our sweet prince, Connor Stallions, wasn't enough, how about this quote from Jim following Michigan's Rose Bowl win over Alabama? Quote, J.J. McCarthy is the greatest quarterback in the University of Michigan college football history, to which Tom Brady replied on social media, go blue, no doubt, Jim. <laughs> mm. This is the stuff that, like, you just, whether you hate Michigan, you love Michigan, it does something for me emotionally as a sports fan, Leon, to just see just fun jabs and comments, and that's what Jim Harbaugh provides. Yeah, I mean, he's he's unfiltered. That's what I like about him. He, he, does, he doesn't, it's not mainstream. Is what I'm saying. Like he he's not going to say what you want him to say. He's going to say what he wants to say. I love that about. It's him. also nice to have it. We'll have a national championship between the teams that haven't won it in yep. two decades, yeah, and two teams that are undefeated as well. Yeah, and uh, you well, had because you had two one loss teams on the other side. The two O's uh, get to play for it all and see who gets the L and who gets the dub. And and it is not not uh, newness because Michigan has done it. Washington did it. But it's been 91. a long, long time. time. We split with I mean, them. Michigan's like 97, right? Well, yeah, they had three titles in four years. They split one with Nebraska. But honestly, they are light years removed from that, even though we are going back you know, less than 30 years. It feels like it's been forever for them. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, remember Georgia hadn't won it in 40 years? Mm-hmm. It's that same kind of feeling. And here's the other part about Harbaugh coming back and then ultimately going back to the NFL. He stated clearly when he left the National Football League. By the way, he was run off there, and you can argue that Trent Baalke may have been the guy that ran him off in San Francisco. He wanted to go to Michigan to restore their, you know, their place. Do it, Mario. Yeah, <laughs> to restore their place and get them back to the top. What has he done? Three straight college football playoffs. Now their first co- college football championship game appearance. If they win, oh, yeah, get him up on a big horse and ride him off. And you may have other openings besides L.A., but that does seem to be one of the most attractive places that he mm-hmm. can go Maybe to. the Patriots? It's a, yeah, mm-hmm. New England's a possibility. Maybe work for David Tepper? I mean, would he go to the Bears? He could go to work for Bobby Kraft. He could go to the Chicago Bears, which I, had I, been rumored I yeah. thought they just gave him before. an extension. Or no, so he never actually signed it. Yeah. They offered it. He hasn't mm-hmm. signed it yet. Yeah. And by the way, and thanks to our boy DJ Dell on the text line for pointing it out, Don Yee is also Tom Brady's agent. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's not a joke. That's yeah. a fact. Yeah. <laughs> that and, and so you want that. You, you any any time you just create it's great a, content. Like yeah. honestly, like even in light of like all their struggles on the basketball court of late, like I loved the Louisville 2013 Rick Patino. Yes, the stuff they did off the field wasn't too great, but like the fact that Louisville still claims that banner. The mm. fact that the NCAA acts like they didn't want win that championship. I watched them beat Michigan. It didn't mm. not happen. Just like Reggie Bush won a Heisman. But it's the yeah, and, and Reggie still hasn't gotten that hardware back and still wants but it. But he back. still wanted. I saw him get yeah. it. So like yeah. that's where like I love that Michigan is basically exposing the NCAA in 2023 to what we all know what it is, which is basically just a figurehead that has no real power because you cannot tell me that they didn't win the championship. And it's going to be the same way if Michigan wins it all next Monday night. Yeah, and I'm trying to I'm going to waffle a little bit until then. Because there's a lot of me, we all, at least, I think most of us gravitate to offense. I like watching O's instead of D's. I like 28 uh, at the half. But Michigan's defense is going to have something for that offense. 
You would think. Yeah. Because we get to Super Bowl. But when you get a hot quarterback yeah. and hot receivers, yeah. it looks a lot like LSU is what it looks like. We get to Super Bowls most of the time in the number one defense versus the number one offense. That defense usually wins. You just mentioned LSU when that was honestly the most prolific offense that we have seen, but they also had a good D going along with it. Now we got to figure out whether Washington it wasn't got a good D. It wasn't good. It was good enough. Oh, it had Caleb, which on? is like on? which it right. had, yeah, Chase on, which yeah. is sort of actually a lot like Washington. Yeah. It's not a good D, but it's good enough. Yeah, and and they had heck. Who else did they have? Patrick Queen. They had a they had a few. <laughs> studs on that side of the ball. It's just the offense was ruling the day. Good enough. Yeah, yeah. They were they were good. They were good. All right, 641-1010. You can have the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Who do you like as far as that goes? JJ, what's our Twitter poll right now? Because, honestly, if you think Trevor's hurt, you got to be realistic. If you want to be able to get into the postseason with a healthy 16 and not, and, and not be one and done, uh, would you rest him one more week? Would you ride the Beathard uh, train up to Nash Vegas and see if you can come off with a win? Or put Trevor back under center. Yeah, would you? Uh, well, question today, as always, brought to you by Beaver Toyota of St. Augustine. Would you uh, bring back Beathard for the Titans game? Yes, let him play. Or no, we need Trev. No is leading right now, sixty-eight percent. Someone says need Trev. It's winner go home. The goat Trevor. Someone says let Beathard cook. Mm. Uh, let CJ start. Uh, use TL only if needed. Trevor not close to healthy. If Jags make the playoffs, they need Trevor as healthy as possible. Okay. That's an interesting take. Yeah. Uh, So at 1010XL on X, go there and give us uh, your take. You can vote and, of course, give us a reply. And for what it's worth, Mike Vrabel is meeting with reporters in Nashville right now, and they're not backing down. So we, we will dive into that side of it, but I'll leave you with a quote from him. He says that he's not planning on putting any of the younger guys in, giving them more reps because, mm-hmm. quote, taking snaps away from Harold Landry – Danico Autry and Arden Key would be a disservice to them considering their work. That means don't look for any of the young guys to be getting all that much run. Did you hear that Arden Key actually brought New Year's Eve to Nashville? I, I, I did not realize this until I read it. He brought New Year's Eve to Nashville. One of many accomplishments. He's doing some of the same things he did here. Uh, Mike Vrabel also was asked why it's important to win. Quote, because it bleeping sucks to lose. Hmm. On the air, on Titan social media and YouTube. I love it. Fantastic. 6L Primetime. This is XL Primetime. Brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. 23 minutes past the 1 o'clock hour on a Beaver Toyota, Beaver Chevy Tuesday right here on XL Primetime. I know it feels like a Monday, but guess what? One day closer to the weekend, folks. The beauty of New Year's Day on a Monday. Our Beaver Toyota Beaver Chevy question of the day brought uh, brought to you by those folks is, of course, live on X Twitter right now. Would you go back to C.J. Beathard for the Titans game, even if Trevor Lawrence is healthy? Currently, 66.9% of you say no. The Jaguars need Trevor with 33.1% saying to let Beathard play. We'll get to that in just a second, and Coach Campbell will join us at 2 o'clock as we get back into the Jags. But we can't go any further without addressing this. We opened up the text line, Leon Searcy, 12 o'clock, as we do every day on XL Primetime because we're back to 12 to 3. Don't worry, last week was just for fun. And I can't begin to tell you the number of texts, and I see it on the pop-off line too, the number of calls and voicemails from Georgia Bulldog fans. So we've now gone an hour and 24 minutes now without talking about the 60 to 63 to 3 beatdown of Florida State. And we'll get to that in a second because I think that that needs to live on its own little island because obviously of the opt outs and this, that, and the other. 
But Georgia fans <clears throat> have this renewed sense of energy in 2024 that they should have been in the playoff. Mm-hmm. And I think there's plenty of evidence, and I think the four of us here would agree, along with J.J., that there is an argument to be made that they should have been in the playoff. But I didn't hear from these Georgia fans after they got beat by Alabama in the SEC championship, and now they're coming out of the woodwork. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. I, I didn't need to see 63-3 to three to, to, to feel like Georgia was one of the top four teams in the college football. I watched them all season long. I watched them all season long. And you can't tell me that Georgia couldn't have beat any of these teams right now that are playing. They could have. But the unfortunate thing is they, did, they, did, they didn't feel their out there application and their responsibility as a team. If you beat Alabama, we don't have this question. Mm-hmm. You don't beat Alabama, you're the number one team. You're in the playoffs. You lost to Alabama. I mean, so, I mean – I don't feel sorry for them. But initially, don't get me wrong, initially I had them in my top four, even with the loss to Alabama. I, right. I still thought they were one of the four best teams in college football. I had, I had Alabama, I had Georgia, I had Michigan, I had Washington. Those yeah. are the teams that I had in my final four. So, I mean, it, 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 this is before the beatdown against Florida State. Yeah. I had them as my top four team. And my, my logic back then was that you can't be number one that – for that long mm-hmm. and fall out of the top four, which is what they did. No one had fallen from one to six or whatever the number was. I think it was six uh, because Florida State was the the first one out, uh, mm-hmm. fifth. But bottom line is they fell from one to six out of the college football playoff. And it's because I think the voters were looking at the possibility <clears throat> of seeing them match up again, which is what happened last year. And the other thing is, is that it was the quality of win versus the quality of loss. And I, I, that's how I made the argument back then. Texas lost to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma had more losses. Georgia lost to Alabama. Alabama had one loss. And mm-hmm. so you could argue it either way. But, yeah, they definitely feel like they should have been in it. But, well, hey, here's what we got to remember. The four teams that were there were pretty damn good. Yeah. They all put on a show. Well, well, I think you also have to remember that Georgia also beat two teams that won New Year's Six Bowls, mm-hmm. right? They beat Ole Miss. They yeah. beat Missouri. They also beat Tennessee that beat Iowa 35 nothing. Yeah. So it's not – I think we were more focused on the loss instead of looking at Georgia's entire yeah. resume and mm-hmm. saying, okay, they actually, even though they played no one in the, in the non-conference, and, and once again, that's Georgia's fault. They could have played Oklahoma. They could have played them in Norman, and they didn't. They chose not to, okay? Mm-hmm. So so you, you can argue about that, but if you look at their totality of their resume, they had a good enough resume to be in that playoff. There's no doubt about it. Now, they have as, as much of an argument as – there's never been a number one that dropped out of the poll in the last week of the season in the history of the playoff. Mm-hmm. As Florida State's argument of there's never been an unbeaten Power Five team that never went to the playoff. Right. It's the right. same thing. It's the same argument. Yeah. And, and so I and I maintain this. The only reason they were left out was the injury to Jordan Travis. That is the main reason. Yeah, no doubt. 100%. Nothing else. They did not need to go one explanation further. 100%. In what they decided to do. And we still got what I think most people are looking for. The most competitive teams that could play for a national championship. Could have Georgia uh, slipped in there? At 100%. Yes, 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 yes. But it just didn't work out that way. And so now we don't even really have to be in mode about it anymore because now you're going to go to 12. Now you got a chance after you won, what was it, 28 in a row? Is that what it was? 28 in a row? 29, I think. 29, was it 29? And then lost that game. Then you jump into that college football playoff and you see what you can do. That's fine. That 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 would have been great. It just is it isn't the way it is right now. Uh, the Georgia fans are clamoring, Matt, because they had no choice. The SEC took Oklahoma off our it's schedule. You can't blame it's us for that. Um, this is an interesting they one. They did have a choice. They could have played at Oklahoma. They mm-hmm. could have played at Oklahoma, and they chose not to. 
Yeah. So would that the, been the, back the idea to back? that these guys are on the text line saying they had no choice. Yes, they did have a choice. Yeah. Uh, this is also interesting from 945. I'm just saying they used the injury card with FSU and Travis. Didn't use the same card for Georgia, realizing that McConkie, Bowers, Dumas, Johnson, they weren't 100% or didn't play. And a throw in a missed reviewable call on fourth down that eventually led to a touchdown. The committee doesn't watch the games. Georgia had injuries, too. They did it for FSU, but not Georgia. Look, like, yes, in hindsight, I agree. Georgia's wins probably stronger than the law. You know, like, that should have outweighed a lot of the criteria. I agree, in hindsight. And Lab McConkey did play for what it's worth against Florida State. And it was nice to see him mm-hmm. back in there. He turned up field. Uh, and, That's and a made, guy who's playing for pride yeah. in his alma mater. Yeah, a couple of nice mm-hmm. plays. And then Brock Bowers is on the sidelines. And, and was practicing yeah, last week. Yeah, and, and he didn't fly with the team, but at least he was down there and right. made sure he was down there and all that kind of stuff. And, and look, we got a problem. Okay, let's at least stay here real quick because this is what Herb Street said. And as much as I defend the Bulls and I like them and I still think there's a place for them, there are a ton of them that nobody really cares about. There are eyeballs that might tune in. I don't even know what the ratings were for ESPN. This was already a complaint before we had opt-outs and transfer portals and going pro. and all. I'm not playing in that last game. We, we had that problem. Now it's even worse because of everything that is going on right now. Herbie and, and, and Pat McAfee, I, I, I'm a fan, on college game day, he made it a point to keep pointing out how bad FSU got beaten. And he probably was coming at it from a, a number of different ways, either dogging them for them dogging everybody else for not letting them in, and then they got smoked, or making it a point that they had 25-plus defections through injury, opt-outs, going pro, whatever. And it ruins the bowls when you get to that situation. Mm-hmm. So then Herb Street steps up, Matt, and says, let's get rid of the bowl." And we may, maybe can find that sound bite, but, he, but he's basically saying, what, what are we doing here? We need to find an option or an answer to this. So Leon presents the idea. Yeah, I mean, I, pay I, him. I, pay him. I mean, th- these players now, business orientated, you know, they need incentives. I mean, the days of 20, 30 years ago where guys just play for the, they're loyal to their team, they're bold. That's your era. If, that's my era. They're, absolutely. You know, um, you're loyal to your team, you don't want to leave your team out to dry. And you want to finish strong, those days are gone, long gone. These kids want to be in the center. They want money. They want security to play in these games because essentially their next step is the NFL. So you you got to find a way to pay them. You got to find a way to insure them. That's going to cost a lot of money. But if you want to continue to see unimpressive bowls like the Orange Bowl and spend all this sponsorship money for a blowout game, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get you're going to get the tail of a take. Now there was some there was some competitive bowls, but this game right here was between five and six. Yeah, five and six <laughs> and so sixty funny. points. Yeah, and a game that was supposed well, to be somewhat competitive. You know what I think is is really funny is that whenever players start to get the benefit in any way, shape, or form, it sucks and it's got to be changed. Mm-hmm. Nothing's wrong. There's nothing that needs to be fixed. In other words, okay? you're saying it helps the player there's, to do whatever they want to do. There's nothing that needs to be fixed, okay? Yeah. You can say the Bulls could pay the players. You think Keon Coleman's going to take 50000 instead of, you know what? If I blow my knee out, I'm going to lose a lot more than $50,000. Yeah, I, I don't know what okay? the answer is. So hang on. So so there's that. That's number one. Mm-hmm. The players have a right to say I'm not going to play in this game because I'm looking at my future. It's And some could argue, and many will argue this, it's fiscally <laughs> reckless for them to play in that game. Okay, there's but nothing, no, no. hang on, I'm not done yet. Guys. I'm not done yet. Hang on a second, okay? It's very easy to say 
to tell a guy, just go play because you love your school and you're committed to your school. What about his future? That's number one. Number two, I'm so tired of these coaches whining about this. You're making $12 million a year, pal. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. And they got they're, a deep They're whining about the portal. <laughs> yeah, the portal's the before, portal guys leave. The portal's before the, the signing day. And the portal guys leave. And now we're losing our, our you know, our, our, our backups. Or we're losing a couple key guys. Figure it out. But wouldn't you're it be the guy easy that, to you're the guy that the recruits. Schedule, though? Hang on a second. You're the guy. No, because it's advantageous to the player right now. Okay? You're the guys that recruit these rosters. You're the guys that develop these players. If somebody goes down, figure out. It out, and they okay? have a roster that's Period. twice no, no, no. as deep. I wasn't. I wasn't. I was talking about the guys that opted out. The NFL yeah. guys are absolutely. I agree with the fact they're not playing in England because if you got a first, second round grade, there's no need to go risk yourself in but another bowl game. But that's the problem, Leon. It's not. It used to be just you know the best guys the best who would be best. like, oh, I'm yeah. going to be a top ten pick, and then it turned into, oh, I'm going to be a first round pick. I'm going to sit out. Now it's. Anyone who's just like, going to I go no in the league, they have, I have no problem. With okay, that. The, I get the, that you don't have a problem with it, but. You said to start your uh, argument that there is no problem with the Bulls. There isn't a problem. Why is it a problem? Oh, my yeah. God. Why is dude. it a, because all of a sudden because the games aren't what you want them to be? That's yes. a problem? Yes. Well, they were, all right, like I said earlier, they were already sagging Come to on, begin man. with. Okay? They were already really? sagging. How can now, you say it's not an issue? Now there is more I, I can say it's not an issue because it's still a game. Okay? You're watching a game. Sometimes... When you have opt-outs, sometimes guys actually teams actually play better. They figure it out, mm-hmm. like right, Arizona. But, okay, but the, the teams that we watched all season, these are not those teams. The and, and by know, the way, to, to quote, quote Dan Mullen, that wasn't the 2020 Gator team. Yeah, and it's like that with almost every major program. And it was so up to course, Dan Mullen to figure out the beat Oklahoma in that Cotton Bowl, and he yeah, did. They, and they did. But how yeah. do you, know you say that that's not an issue? That we're watching teams that are completely different from the ones no, we watched the entire I'm saying season. It's not, it's I'm saying it's football. not an issue because. At some point, it always comes down to when the players get get the upper hand, any way, shape, or form. All of a sudden, something's okay, wrong. Okay, I get that. You're arguing against fixed. the coaches, but I'm I'm not. No, a I'm not coach against the coaches. I'm, I'm not against the coaches at all. I'm just a guy who sits on my couch and watches. No, no, the games. I'm not against the coaches at all. I'm not against them at all. All I'm saying is. No, but you're for the players. It's, I'm saying no, I'm not I'm for saying or against. Is, I'm for good product. JJ, if if all of a sudden we lose somebody in this radio station, do you, do you think like? We lose Joe, the quarterback, the main guy, okay? Because he's, out, his, his he's his out with his ankle for, got a bad for nine wheel. months, okay? <laughs> Do you think Steve Griffin's just going to say, oh, my God, we're packing it in now, man? No, no, no. you no, find listen. someone right. else. So let's carry the conversation over because I no, think but what— but I would say if Joe's not here that it hurts the product. Yeah. Of but course I... it does unless you find someone else that can help you. It's his no job. Can you make Joe. you make Joe you Flacco make, walked into Cleveland. These guys make eight to twelve million a year, and they're whining about losing players. Yeah. You— Drafted your, or recruited your roster. You you picked your roster through portal every I year. Get that. You figure it out. That's the period. coach's whining, though. I'm a guy who's On just a fan of the exactly. sport who's whining. Yeah, why do want... I? Why am? Why do I get shot? You know why you're arguments. whining? You're whining over television convenience because you want a better. Well, game you want now. a better yes. product. Yes, yes, yes. Well, here, yeah, here's what. Here's what is kind of comical though. Georgia smokes FSU sixty-three to three. Okay. They beat the team in the national championship as bad, and that was a team at full strength. So there's really no rhyme or reason. They smoked TCU a year ago, set a record for the largest margin of victory, and then this FSU team had 25 opt-outs, and they beat them by basically the same margin. So there is no true answer. The transfer portal is real. It ain't going away. By the way, a quick aside real quick for FSU mm-hmm. fans out there still screaming about this playoff. 
The team that played against Georgia, that's your team next year. Yeah, coming up. Yeah. That's your team next year with DJU as your Now you got DJU coming. So now you better tell your coach, okay, you can whine all you want. Now when I start to say you got to figure it out, that's what I mean. Figure it out. Well, yeah, going forward the following year for sure. Personally, I'm just happy that Matt didn't take the route that 910 had uh, laid out earlier, about 15 minutes ago. Mia, Georgia won 63-3, and that really shows Matt. But Florida watched it from home. Yeah, yeah. What, what does that show me? I'm not sure what that shows me. All I know is that Billy, I hope, was watching because yeah. even though you get your arse kicked, you're still in it uh, to win it. It and all comes back to Billy. Near. By the way, let's not forget the C-A-N-E-S. Yeah. You know, you lose to Rutgers in anything. Yeah. You lose to Greggy Shiano. Shiano is Look, a cane, though. So it was a home game. We half a win for Mario. It was a Mario, home game okay? for There's no Rutgers. doubt about it. We love Mario. But he might be in the same boat as Napier right now. He may be. Because no one's in the same boat as Napier. No, no, I think Listen, he might be actually. Bro, we, well, if he if he's seven and five next year, he won't be coming back. Yeah, yeah I think I he, he out recruited Napier though. Yeah, the, I guess maybe the one quandary that they're both in is the quarterback quandary. That's which, for sure. Which Cam Ward is not going to the University of Miami. Exactly. Emory Williams, baby. <laughs> all right, That's so your guy, broken arm and all. Let's keep it going. You guys jump in on that subject, then obviously what we will look forward to in the college football playoff, and then back to you, Jack. Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. I thought Dan and Jeff, with their New Year's resolution, they vowed to give up soap operas. Uh, and yet here they are. Soap operas are all over our televisions inside the 1010XL studios. The Price is Right was on earlier during oh, was the it? handoff. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Also, speaking of Dan and Jeff, um, I hate to say it. Did you guys see this one on the text line? Mm-mm. Design my lifetime enclosures. When Matt tried to make the analogy of, you know, if Joe was to leave, it's not yeah. like we're not going to not replace him. Yeah. And I'm trying to find the tweet, but somebody said, it's like if Dan and Jen, Jeff left, 1010 XL would cease to exist. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There would be no 1010 without those two. That's for sure. All right. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, Joe C. Mio, Brian Matty Hayes, Big Source, and JJ. We got Coach Campo coming in the two o'clock hour. But yeah, 2024, how many people have had resolutions that they made? Oh, I don't know. A little over, uh, well, New Year's Eve and have already given them up. Okay. I'm sure there is somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, nooners, uh, all of Duval, someone has already blown their New Year's Maybe resolution. a certain producer who was, you know, talking about losing weight and yeah. getting in better shape showed up with a pizza the other day. Oh, mm. that is classic. Not, not saying who it is. Actually, nah. that was the day before New Year's. Yeah. So okay, yeah, it could still change. He's allowed. It could still change. Anybody do resolutions around the room here other than I'm not going to ever run again? Do, that I'm, was my <laughs> resolution. <laughs> I'm good every day. I don't need no resolution. Oh, yeah. my God. Okay, that's good. I like that. I'm following yep. that. Yeah, might as well jump in. I already said no to uh, Leon's uh, various snacks and desserts yeah. that he brought in. Yeah, we walk in. Leon had like five little. Well, well I went. I went old school. I went, yeah, I went old school. That was, that was my tree. I, I went Nutty Buddy. I love. I went nutty the. Buddies. I went the uh, oatmeal cream pie. Mm-hmm. I had the pecan pie. And I had the honey bun. You're mm-hmm. talking dirty to him. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, like I it. almost. I went with the honey bun. I was. At, I was at Hobby Lobby like the day before Christmas. I think mm-hmm. getting something for one of my daughters. And I saw a coffee cup of a black sand, and all I could think of was you saying, "All I could <laughs> think of was you bro. saying, was you saying, you ain't, got no it, white, ain't no fat white man coming down.'" That's my problem. That's what my dad to say. Bro, he, I wanted to get it for you kill, so bad, killed, man. He killed. He killed Christmas for me early on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, black Santa's, six, Santa's, black uh, Santa's six are everywhere. Years old. I was six years old. I saw. Uh. I saw Santa at, at school and everything, and I wrote a note and everything, and I 
And I, I went back home and I told my daddy, I said, hey, daddy, I saw Santa today. I gave him a no one. Ain't no damn Santa Claus. Ain't no, ain't no fat white man coming through here giving you nothing. I was like, I said, well, damn. I was, I saw I was laughing so hard, bro. Oh. I thought for oh little Leon. Yeah, I, yeah I know, I know, I know. Yeah, I know. Um, but no, I, I said no. I'm trying to, you know. Be as mm. good as I can, although I got to go to Nashville now this weekend. So we'll mine's the same we'll every year. How yeah. my healthy Just eating goes to make it to next year. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a pretty easy one. Yeah, uh, if survive. You cards, I right? celebrate survive it again. in advance yeah. this year. <laughs> one it. year down. Yeah, that's it. And, and by the way, I don't know whether you had uh, the New Year's resolution to get married one year and then have a kid to the next year. I don't know. Well, we'll it's definitely we'll in the plans. Mm. We'll find out. Um, we'll find we out. have Italy coming up in about. A month and a half. Nice. And I was given directions that I was not allowed to, you know what I'm saying, go for it all the way right. until February 1st uh, because she doesn't want to be all prego in Italy. Yeah, she I was going to be say. able to like drinking wine and, you know, being don't, selfish. Don't do, don't do the lovely Blake that way. <laughs> I don't I don't want her to, like, it'll be your first time in Europe, right? Yeah. Your first time in Italy? Absolutely. That won't be fun. I'm stoked. Let her mm. eat and drink and be merry. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Stay away, JJ. Yeah. All right, now listen, we need to get back to the Jets because we were talking a little bit about them before Big Sur's heads out and Coach rolls in. Um, the, the idea that they got well off of one game against a bad football team is, is premature, and we all know what that word means. It's a nasty word. Uh, so don't think that everything has been fixed, okay? They need to make sure that they stay in that meeting room and prepare a little bit more <clears throat> and game plan better Excuse me, because they're facing a Titans team that wants to ruin their season. They do. Just because it was it was pointed out to us, Tennessee had to lose six straight last year, and Jacksonville needed to win what five of six coming down mm-hmm. the stretch to actually win the AFC South. Don't muck it up this time. Well, here's the thing: when you're in a four game losing streak, the, the the best thing that can happen to you is is to have good film where you can see yourself making plays. This team over the last couple of over the last month, you know, had played poorly. And then when you when you see yourself when you see yourself making plays you see yourself making blocks making tackles making sacks interceptions causing fumbles all that kind of stuff there's a renewed confidence there's a new re- renewed energy yeah. because that one win can lead to two and then when you get two wins now you're playoff bound and now in the playoffs I always say it don't matter how the, what the date look like just get to the dance just Better get to the it. dance that's that yeah. this this team just needs to get to the dance and then when you once you get there then you know, you're playing with house money. All right, now we will have a watch party uh, with E coming up on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Be telling you all about it, but mm-hmm. just mark down Top Dog with Bud Light. You got a chance uh, to win some prizes, hang out with him because this is a win and you're in scenario. But this is just not just win and you're in. This is win and win the AFC South for the second straight year. Hanging banners, that stuff doesn't happen nearly enough. It hasn't happened nearly enough around here, and, and maybe it will start to happen more often. But this is a gauge game, okay? This is where are you at? What have you done after making it to the playoffs and having the Cinderella December a year ago? Mm-hmm. This was a leaky December, yeah. and now they can at least reclaim well, I mean, it. It's, it's somewhat poetic that they have to go through Tennessee yeah. to get there. Right? It, it is. It is. Yeah. The same thing happened last year. Tennessee had to come through us. It didn't work out for them. And then the scenario was flipped now. Yeah. We got to go through them to get to the playoffs. So, your arch rival who Wait you hate second. and despise. This is the playoffs. This, this week, is the playoffs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. Is yeah. Much like last yeah, year. Yeah, you got to. Exactly. It's a Much playoff like game. last year. And, and, you know, the other thing is, is I don't think, like, right now it's locked in that it's the Browns at five. Mm-hmm. All right? They cannot change their fortunes whatsoever. Baltimore's number one. 
They are number five. They are locked in. Pittsburgh's still playing for it. They play Baltimore. We'll find out. But we know that the Cleveland Browns. And so, flipping Flacco, you cannot let him get you twice. You cannot let him get you twice. So, this does set up, I don't know what you would call the most ideal situation. The most ideal would have been, obviously, the Colts, like we talked about, because they swept them. Mm-hmm. But you cannot let that old man well, get by you twice. Well, here's the thing. Think about it. I mean, we lost. We lost to the Browns. What, thirty-one twenty-seven, something like that. It was a one. Oh, it was, it was a one score, score game. Score game. Yeah. We had four turnovers in that game. Yeah, still had a chance to win. And they scored twenty-seven points and yeah. lost. I mean, so I mean, them coming here. I mean, I'm looking at the scenario. Hey, we bring the Browns here. We come away with a win. Whatever we need to do to avoid the Ravens as long as we can. And you got to remember, we had we played the Ravens three quarters, ten-seven. Exactly. I mean, I mean, so I'm saying. The end, the playoffs is the equalizer. It doesn't no. It doesn't matter what you did in the regular season. When you get in the playoffs, man, it's 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 when to go home. But first things first. Shoot your shot. Got to beat the Titans. Got to beat the Titans. Got to beat the Titans. Okay. This is your playoff game right here. For you, Leon, and I know we talked about this last week with the Panthers. There's two schools of thought. You're either playing for pride and you want to knock off a division rival and go into the offseason on a winning note, especially in Tennessee. And I said this to a couple people in the building over the last few days especially in Tennessee where they're looking down, staring down the barrel of Ryan Tannehill's final game as a Titan, yeah. Derrick Henry potentially final yeah. game as a Titan. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think that that's on the table there. And then also Cabo. Mm-hmm. Cabo's also on the yeah. table. Yeah, I mean, listen, this team is going to – they understand the, the scenario moving forward, and this might be their send-off to those guys. So, I mean, because, you know, if you're in the locker room, you have a feel for who ain't going to be here around for a while, you know. Because contracts and monies gets gets talked about in the in, in the locker room, so I mean, Tandy Hill and, and Derrick Henry, this could be their send off game. So they've got an incentive to send them off with a win by yeah. sending us home. So don't think this team is not going to be inspired to beat us to send us home. Oh, so yeah. you got to treat this like a playoff game. And uh, I'm going to have JJ play the the sound, or maybe should I say, clean it up a little bit and then play the sound in the two o'clock hour yeah. of Rabel because apparently it wasn't just that one quote. He went on a Pretty, uh, pretty profanity-laced monologue about why they need to care about winning in Tennessee, even at five and eleven, and why the season still matters. Well, this this could be very, very Vrabel's last send off too. Yeah, exactly. It really could. He knows he's feeling the pressure right mm-hmm. now. He may be the man in New England when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. We got all that to look forward to. All right, Big Sirs, enjoy the rest of the afternoon. Nice job. Uh, by, by the way, real quick, uh, peanut butter cream pies nominated as the best little Debbie snack. Peanut butter Off cream pies. Line. Yeah. Okay. Peanut All right, butter so just, cream pies? I've never yeah. had one. I'm looking at peanut, peanut butter filled cookies. That ain't bad. No, that ain't bad either. That ain't bad. We're just a bunch of fat kids on that. All, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Big Sirs is heading out. Right, yep. A Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota Tuesday. We got the X poll. You can definitely go to Twitter and Vote there as far as where you think Jacksonville will go. C.J. Beathard, Trevor Lawrence, is he healthy, all that stuff. We will do that coming up in the 2 o'clock hour as we welcome Coach Campo in after the Jimmy Johnson celebration Saturday night. He is back with us. XL Primetime's Coach Dave Campo is brought to you by Bold City Heating and Air. Online at BoldCityAC.com. All right, we're getting the motor running with our man. Dave Campo, he had the motor running on the jet. Okay, he was wheels up last week, 5 a.m., headed to Dallas, and then he proceeded to be one of the spotlight guests. I'm looking at all the appearances that he had, special edition, uh, Mick shots, on and on and on, as he was out in Dallas with the Jimmy Johnson 
induction into the Ring of Honor. Long overdue, but once you got there, it didn't matter when. You were ready to have a big time, weren't you, Coach? Yeah, it was great, uh, Joe, to be honest with you. You know, it, uh, there were probably 30 pro- players that were mm-hmm. at the event for Jimmy. I uh, saw my kids, saw my nice. grandkids, uh, and just, I mean, you know, it makes you feel good when the media in the town, I was actually on uh, Channel 11 that had nothing to do with the Cowboys, mm-hmm. you know, other than the fact that the, the, the Cowboys were playing that week. Mm-hmm. It made me feel good with that, you yeah. know, right. and uh, it, it's interesting because it brings up a, a, a big deal. The one shot was put on Facebook of me being on that mix shots yeah. one, I think. Yeah. And uh, the, the, you know how it is on Twitter and, mm-hmm. and some of these places. There's some boo birds on there that are going to get after you, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, three of my kids, th- there were some of the comments. My wife was all excited when she saw the picture and she read some of the comments, which was a mistake. <laughs> the mar- majority of them were good. But a cup, you know, a few of them were were bad, right? Yeah. So my kids jumped in. Michael jumps in and says to the one guy, he "said What have you ever been the head coach of and be in charge of other than going to the bathroom?" Oh, you know, yeah. I mean, it was wow. it Michael, was good. It was, was a shot. Yeah, it was good to feel. You know, that, that, that the kids it. jumped in there. It it was just a great uh, time and. Got back and the Jaguars won. So yeah. it was a great weekend Heck, yeah. all the way a around. A great weekend for Coach. And I said my favorite part was that on those big jumbotrons that Jerry loves to flaunt at AT&T Stadium, there it was, the trophy room, the champion's room. I like to call it the camp's champ's room. The That's camp's what I, champ room. Yep. Up yep. on on the screen with your message to Jimmy, and I was just like, "Oh my God, yeah. I've been in that room before." And yep. here he is recording yeah. his message. Well, one other thing, uh, they did an inter- I did an interview for the Legends. Mm-hmm. They have a Legends where they bring the top people back in. There were thirty questions. It was an on camera interview mm-hmm. that they're going to do a show on. There were thirty questions. The first one was, "What was it like being a young kid in Connecticut?" That's how extensive it is so i can't wait to see it i mean it's a chronology chronological deal of my whole basically my whole life i love it and and i i liked you know just you know we'll get to the jacks here in a second but i like the fact that that i at least it sounded like on the broadcast uh that troy aikman was kind of one of the guys that said let's make this a standalone game if we can espn they love the idea they get to bring that monday night to saturday night and it's set up perfectly so he could be there. And then obviously all the other ones, Darren Woodson, guys that you were extremely close to, but you saw Irvin and, and on and on and on yeah. with the guys that were there. So it, it was it played perfectly on Saturday night. Yeah, and, and really uh, it was uh, Troy and Charlotte yeah. Jones mm-hmm. who I think really put a little pressure on Jerry, yeah. you know, that it was time. Oh, my and, gosh, smartly. Yeah. So yeah. his daughter, yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is what needed to happen. Yes. It's so funny because I, I was telling the story – and we're just sitting around and 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 just talking about. It. I'm like, let me just remind you how this all unfolded with Jerry and Jimmy, and how contentious it was afterwards. And it was like, oh, it took a long time for those uh, wounds to heal, and finally they did, and they look like they're all chummy. All right, uh, real quick because we still have to do the Jags. But what the H was Danny Campbell doing when he decided to? First off. Brad, was it Brad Allen? Is that the yes, uh, Brad Allen, who officially <clears throat> will be calling the Steelers and Ravens game at four o'clock on Saturday in primetime. Yeah, you're a knucklehead, man. And and my Danny Campbell led Lions 
did the perfect play, had it all set up, had and, and, and I did I uh, uh, I'm trying to think of Rex Ryan on NFL Countdown Sunday explained that when you have trick plays, you go to the officials well before the game and you let them know what you're working on because you don't want to give it away to the other guys. And that was just an absolute BS situation by the officials. It stole a W from my Lions. And yeah, you know the it. only problem with that is, though, a trick play is a trick play. Right. Uh, we're going to throw a halfback pass. We're going to fake a punt. We're mm-hmm. going to do this. But you don't go to an official and say, we're going to try to hoodwink and, and, and uh, scam mm-hmm. the Cowboys by sending three linemen out there and not it. knowing who's available I as a tight end. I loved you it. Know, it. So they probably didn't say anything about it, but it, it, it truly was a subterfuge. Yeah. It, it screwed up. They tried to screw up the Cowboys, but they screwed up the yeah, they the, did the in a way. Fishing. But I just feel like it was an absolute rip job because Brad Allen should have acknowledged seventy wasn't even anywhere near him when sixty eight walked up and said, "I'm, I'm, you know, I'm reporting." Right. And all the people say, "All you got to do is just let him know by the gesture that you're reporting." And you named all those other trick plays. You don't have to disclose anything on any of those other trick plays. This right. is the only one. That's correct. Yeah. And- you're, you're anti-Cowboys today. No, right no what he's saying that. was the fix was my in Lions. <laughs> because the NFL wants the Cowboys to win. That's what he's yeah. saying. Uh, and, and, I no, tend to, listen, and I, was, I tend to believe hey, with him a little if bit. If I was you know? betting on Detroit, I'd say the same thing. <laughs> now you've got me. Now you found me. Amazing. Uh, well, hey, listen, the Jags wouldn't have to face the Cowboys until the Super Bowl, but we appreciate Coach Campo going out there doing some NFC scouting yes. for us. Well, Intel, he's our Connor Stallions. Let's just yes, put it to you that way. Yes, exactly. We're going to get some uh, the, the sunglasses with the recording camera on for you, Coach. But let's get it to the Jags. So you fly back on Sunday morning, got back in time to watch the game. Let's go big picture for you. It's a 26 nothing victory. Yes, it's over the last place, the, the worst team, excuse me, in the National Football League. But what was the biggest storyline for you, the biggest emotion coming out of this one? Well, number one, I think offensively they did what they should have been doing for the last five weeks. Yeah. They, they simplified the game plan. When you're struggling, that's what you do, Yep. number one. And they had to do it, basically, because you got a guy that's a backup quarterback mm-hmm. that hasn't had a lot of uh, – excuse me, hasn't had a lot of playing time, but has had plenty of reps. Yeah. Uh, they did that. They got a balanced attack going. Mm-hmm. They figured out that they can't run the ball right up the middle. They got to get the ball to the perimeter. They ran a toss. They ran a, a flip, we call it, where you fake it one way and flip the guy out the other way. Those were their two biggest runs. Mm-hmm. So that was a positive situation. On defense, I thought they did what they should have been doing for a while, they put pressure on the court. Now, their offensive line was not very good. Right. But they they brought people. I mean, mm-hmm. it was it was more of a pressure attack Dialogue. than it was sitting back and playing zone defense. And we have just not played very well when we haven't gotten pressure on the quarterback. you got to pressure quarterback. I don't care whether it's Bryce Young or who it is. You've got to be able to do some things to put pressure you have to control that, and I think they did that. So those two things, I think, are advantage going forward because it gives the Titans a little bit more concern about what they have to prepare for going mm-hmm. into the next game. I mean, it was against the worst team in the league. By oh, far the worst team in the league. Yeah, but I, I tell you, there's no JVs in my mind. I don't look at it that way. And uh, I just don't take look a look at, at the Cardinals beating. Yeah, the, no, I, I get all Philly that. Was I get all that. All I'm saying is, is, is when you go on the road this week. And you're playing the Titans. That game better be elevated a little bit. 
Yeah. There better be some oh, significant, there like there's no mistakes. Hey, You're not that, making mistakes in it, that game because it'll and cost that's, you. That was number three. They didn't turn the ball over. Right. So going into this game, they have to be balanced on offense. They have to uh, affect the quarterback. And, and Tannehill's a little different, but he's not going to run all over the place. But that I defense mean, they've got. And their defense is going to cause problems no matter who's playing quarterback. Absolutely. So it's going to be interesting to see. But I, I feel like if we do what those things were ta- I just said, we will win the game, in my opinion. So we will ask Coach Campo the Beaver Toyota question of the day. Should Trevor Lawrence play if he's not fully healthy? We'll get to that in a second. But I want to ask you, regardless of if, it, of if it's C.J. Beathard or Trevor Lawrence, because I had multiple people ask me, and I brought it up earlier in the program, it felt like, unlike Trevor's past four starts, in which it felt like every play they were taking it down to five seconds on the play clock, they were making kills and checks and alerts at the line, it felt like they ditched all of that. They were getting the playoff within five seconds. Did you sense that? And why? Well, I, I would put it this way. When I say they did some things that they should have been doing prior to this, right. is that when they were winning on the streak, mm-hmm. everybody was clamoring for them to throw the ball down the field more, get some big plays, all these things, include myself. Right. They went back to what we were doing as a football team going forward. If you look back, a lot of the throws that Trevor made were, you know, two two seconds, quick throws, get the ball to you know out of your hands, uh, and and those are the things that that I think they need to do. They they don't have to throw the ball down the field. We were holding on to the ball too long. Yeah. Trevor, somebody I heard somebody say that it looked like uh, Bethard was going through his progressions quicker. Well. They were holding the ball, mm-hmm. trying to get the ball down the field. And I think we have to approach it a little differently. And if you run the football, that gives you a chance to hold on to the yeah, ball. Yeah, I, I think C comes after B and A, which is pretty simple. If you can run the ball and make your short throws, they start coming it's, e- it's easy There's to make those one progression short throws when you can run the ball. Absolutely. If you can't run the ball, right? those – Short progression throws are not there. Yeah, I'll guarantee you this. Going into this game, the Titans will crowd the line of scrimmage. That's what oh, they're yeah. going to do. Yeah. I promise you. They're going to be crowding those routes. Yeah, now you got a chance that, you know, that that's to me, if we can, you know, protect, get get on the, you know, get get the running game some semblance of going and stick with it, then you got a chance to make some plays down the field. And do you like the idea of, like we say, Calvin needs to be involved a little bit later in the progressions? Actually, in this particular case, I like the idea of getting him involved with some of the slants to the middle of the field. Something Which is like his that. best quick route, throw. by the way. Yeah, quick throw. Because it, it, you engage him. Haven't thrown to him yeah. like only twice yep. this season yeah. on a slant. Well, if you looked at Bethard, what did he do? Mm-hmm. He got the ball to Ridley and Ingram. Immediately. Get the ball to the best players. Yeah. And ETN, too. Yeah, 100-catch guy. And ETN. And that's, to me, what you have to do. You have to get your best players involved in the game. And and the other thing that I didn't mention earlier is when you're playing against a team that's struggling, which we are this weekend. I mean, you can say whatever you want. You know, the Titans are this or that or whatever. They're going to be fired up and all these things. You slow down the fire up by getting a, a lead. And that's what they did in the game. When you play against a struggling team, 
you want the lead early, and then everything is dictated by you instead of the other way around. So I hope that they get off to a good start, and and I think that'll be big. So can you can you say philosophically they don't throw the ball between the hashes? They just don't. Everything is outside at the numbers. Is that just philosophically? They, there's too much stuff going on in the middle. There's too much traffic. Yeah, or do you I, think? Or do you think they don't have a receiver that can go get it? Well, they had one in Kirk. Right. They don't have with Ingram a guy that can get 25, 30 yards downfield in the middle of the field. Right. He's a short underneath uh, receiver. Ridley is not good coming inside. It doesn't look like right now. Now I I, I think at one time he was okay with it. So I think it's kind of what you do. Who do you have? Mm-hmm. You know, who who are your people? What what the, what are their strengths? So it's more what you have on the outside. It's not necessarily the quarterback. Exactly. Okay. In my opinion. Okay. You know, and again, I'm not in that room. I don't know what they're thinking, but I, I agree with you from that standpoint. But I'll tell you what, with Ingram, he ought to get the ball 10, 12, 15 times during the game. There's no question about it. I was talking to Jay Novacek at the Cowboy Function, and, right. and Jay even said, well, Coach, you know, Ingram looks a lot like me, you know, and Jay was a pretty darn good short-range tight end for the Cowboys. Now, the one thing he could do was go down the seam, mm-hmm. and we don't do that very much for mm-hmm. whatever reason. I, I'm not sure, but. But I think Ingram can do that. Yeah, I believe he can he as can well. Too. I agree with you, Matt. And our congrats to Evan, the eighth tight end in NFL history to have over 100 catches in a single season. Let's take a break because I know we have to hit it. Um, I, I'm glad we're hitting it now because I'm going to set up this next segment, Coach. The Jaguars just sent out a tweet with a photo, and the caption reads, 41 and 44 have combined for 25 and a half sacks this year the most among any duo in the National Football League. Let's discuss coming up next on XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. We officially gave Evan Ingram his flowers for becoming the eighth tight end in NFL history. Do you have 100-plus catches in a single season? And now it's crazy to think we made it two hours-plus into the program and we didn't actually say the lead. Josh Allen said it all offseason, said it all training camp, that he was coming for that single-season sack record in Jaguars franchise history, and he is now the owner of that record, eclipsing Calais Campbell's mark with three sacks on Sunday against the Carolina Panthers. That's Coach, a big that's a big deal. It really is. I think it's a big deal and it, it's it's one of those things that like for me because of like the working relationship obviously working with Josh and also that you know he and my dad are from the same hometown. Like it was almost like borderline like like I, I told him. I said I'm not just going to congratulate you. Like I'm proud of you because you said you were going to do this and you went out and did it. And I think I speak for a lot of Jaguar fans. When I say that, because that's what it felt like. And I think that what's even cooler about it is the first thing he said after, you know, noting that, you know, I'm going to get back in the lab. And then when we win the Super Bowl, I'm going to evaluate again, um, is that he hopes Trayvon breaks the record one day. Well, let me just say this. You know, again, uh, I watched Hutchison this weekend. In person. In person. Yeah. I watched him almost every snap. That stat line was pretty strong. And he's a good player. And the thing that separates him right now from, and we're talking about Josh Allen, but I'm bringing this yeah. up for yep. a reason. Yeah. The thing that separates him from 
Trayvon right now is quick twitch. Yeah. Okay? But that doesn't mean that Trayvon Walker doesn't affect the quarterback with what he does. And I think that's as much of help to why both of them have the sack total that they have. Mm -hmm. Because you can't just sit there and say you're going to take care of Josh Allen. Because Trayvon can't affect the quarterback. And so I'm excited for him because it's a contract year, and usually that happens. But knowing the kid a little bit and what people have told me about him, he's not one of those guys that all of a sudden he's – it's a contract year. Payment. It just worked. The, right. You know, he, he's worked he, – he, he took it upon himself to say, I've got to get going here, and I've got to be a guy that affects this team. Yeah. And he did it. So to me, you can't let him out of here. I think somehow you got to keep him here because I don't believe the money's going to make a difference in what happens. Yeah. He's, with him he's going forward. I mean, they both have to play well Sunday. Yes, both absolutely. With, they, with with Levis still, he, I mean, he's a rookie. Let's face it, he's a right, rookie. Okay, right. And he yep. can get rattled. Right. They have to play yeah, well. Yeah, he won't now, play. He may he, not even be yeah, healthy enough yeah, to he, play. He, he, he very likely will not play. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was still 50-50. It's still, I, I'm just guessing. Again, Vrabel I'm just trying said to read today, the tea leaves here. Yeah, Vrabel uh, said today it could go either way. Yeah, so 50-50. I just, I believe he will not play. But anyway, if Tannehill's there, he's a static figure. You can get to yeah. him. If Levis is they, out there. They've got, you've yeah. got to affect the quarterback. Yeah. Like oh, if they, yeah. So we, we can talk all one. He had a great season, 16 F sacks. There's no doubt right, about it, okay? This is when they need him. The playoffs starts Sunday. Absolutely. And let He's me tell got you, to perform this week. Let Both of them you, do. And actually. let me tell you this. Their two tackles are below average, Yep, in my opinion. The yep. one got now benched the, on now Sunday. Now, the inside guys are okay. Mm-hmm. But the two tackles are as bad as the two they just played. Mm-hmm. So they, you, you're absolutely right, Matt. They need to show up this week. Have to, for yeah. sure. Here's a quote from Mike Vrabel from earlier this afternoon with regards to the offensive line and pass protection. He said that the Titans' pass protection woes stem from the fact that this team does not do well in drop-back situations. They need to be able to run the ball and be complementary in order to succeed with the pass. There were matchup issues at times against the Texans. I already brought it up, Coach. There is a good chance this is Derrick Henry's last game in a Titans uniform. Right. If not for that variable, I would be extremely confident in the Jaguars going up to Nashville. But that's where I have a little bit of pause of they're not only going to make sure he runs the ball, but I would think that there will be a little extra edge to try to get him a win in his final potential game in a Titans uniform. I agree with you. I think he they're going to make it, uh, you know, and, and if Tannehill plays, this might be his last game as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's – all of those things, that's great. You know, you say, okay, you know, this is big. It's a big game for them in that, that aspect. You better be able to watch. It still comes down <laughs> to the team. You know, can you, can you do whatever? But I believe they'll run him. And, they, and, and Spears is not bad now. You know, he's averaging like 4.4 yards a carry. They've yeah. got two pretty good mm-hmm. backs. I believe they will run the ball. And I believe we've, we play pretty get, good against Run yeah, teams. That's, that's been the strength. Absolutely. And and so uh, I I think that's very true what he's saying. And uh, if if we can get them in one dimensional, if we get ahead, then that makes it that much better for us. Yeah. Get the lead pass rush can uh, be a massive part of this ballgame. That's Absolutely. for sure. All right. We'll keep it rolling. You got uh, questions for coach. You can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, 641 Don't forget, we'll do a Campo and Joe podcast as we. Uh, get ready in the 3 o'clock hour to go Facebook Live. So stick around for that. We'd love for you to jump in. We may ask you a little bit about 
college football playoffs. Did you uh, did you go to oh, the, what great two? Did you great go to the games. camps champs room, which I've now named it the camps champs room, <laughs> that uh, to watch that college football playoff? I did double both of them. Yeah, and I stayed up till twelve thirty. That was uh, big for me. Yeah. Yeah, you had a nap, didn't you? You had a <laughs> no. Nap. I didn't oh, take a nap. Wow. All right, listen, that's awesome. It's better my, than me. I fell asleep it, probably well, a little after midnight, and then woke up. Third like, quarter. I, I heard. Maybe. I heard Mia yeah. talk about that. My eyes got a little groupy there, yeah. but uh, the game picked it up. Yeah. All right, we'll keep it rolling with our head coach Dave Campo back in the building, uh, and now on the way. We hope to another AFC South title. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Hope everybody had a cool ringing in the new year. Everybody made it to 2024 safe and sound. Rearview mirror, that's where 23 is. And this was about the time this whole city was catching fire a year ago on their way to winning the AFC South. They got a chance to do it again, uh, but it's going to be against Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans. Coach, before we get to the college football playoff, at least a quick reaction from you. Uh, Vrabel, this is in the presser earlier today, and basically asked about, you you paraphrase it because we pulled the soundbite, but basically just talking about the idea of beating your rival, right? That's basically what it boiled down to. All right, so listen to Mike Vrabel's answer to this. Mike Sigmund need to win for a lot of reasons. Expand on Because it sucks to lose, Jackie. Did you have another thought or no? I'm just curious. Well, it, it, it fucking sucks. Losing. Mean? Awful. That's why I want to win. Because you don't sleep. You want to win for the players that bust their tail. That's it. You know what I mean? It's not about, hey, we'll go into the off season with a good note. Nobody knows what you did on January 7th or 8th or 6th in April when you come back. But, you know, you want to see, you know, just it all come together and just put four quarters together. That's it. And I get it because one of the classic lines is, oh, that momentum we get to carry into next year is so fun. No. Listen, uh, that's how their team will play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why we get off to a good start mm-hmm. because, you know, they don't, no matter how they come out, mm-hmm. that's how they're going to come out. But they don't have confidence right now in what could happen if things don't go well. And that's why you got to get off to a good start. And I guarantee you, Vrabel will have them ready to play. They'll yeah. come out ready to play. There's no doubt in my mind. We just got to – but that doesn't mean that they're going to execute and they're going to do everything and they've got the right guys out there and the matchups and all that. It, it comes down to who plays the best in that game. And look, we were talking off the air, and I don't. And I know I, I said this earlier in the show, and I don't want people to think you know I'm this negative guy. This is going to be a grinder of a game. Yeah. This is like this is a difficult, difficult lift for them this weekend. Right? It, w- it was last year. You know, I mean, it's a uh, rival game. Let's remind everybody: game. it was a difficult lift last year against Josh Dobbs. Right. Absolutely. At home. Yeah. At home. At home. Right. Which, and again, last year was also the first week of the playoffs. This yeah. is the playoffs. Absolutely. So, real quick, before we get to the college football playoffs and your thoughts on that, quick coach, we do know Jeffrey Simmons is not playing in this game. He is on IR the rest of the way. Their defense, which I would argue has been what's kind of kept this whole thing together for the Titans over the last few weeks, is banged up. Who for you, because I know we already talked about the tackles being that area that the Jaguars can exploit, 
Who for you is the biggest cause for concern, offense or defense, in on their roster? Well, I think both the outside rushers, Autry and Landry, you know, and Matt kind of said that earlier. You know, they're, they can rush the passer. Yeah. You know, one's got 11 sacks, one's got 10. Uh, you add key to that on third down, which I think is a key. Right. You know, when you can bring that third guy in there and he can get a little bit of pressure inside, it, you know, that helps out the pass rush. So, to me, that's the guys that can affect the game more than anybody else. And then, of course, Hopkins, you know, concerns you. I mean, obviously, you know, he's a big play type of a guy. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I, listen, they we match up well with them, okay? But they have some playmakers on that team that can affect the game. There's no question. Those three guys, I believe, can affect the game. I'm trying to read the Campo tea leaves. Which uh, college football playoff semifinal did you, did you enjoy more? Uh, the defensive uh, fist fight uh, between Michigan and Alabama or the uh, score fest? Well, I'll tell you score what. Score and we'll score some more. Well, I've liked – first of all, I've liked Washington ever so, since I saw them play Oregon those mm -hmm. times in the, in the Pac-12. Right. Uh, but it's like David and Goliath. You know, you got Goliath over there at Michigan. Because they're a physical, yeah. uh, you know, I'm going to beat you up. The defense, you know, they fly around. They're tough. Uh, they're physical up front. And then you got Washington that's kind of the – and I think they're tough. And I think their defense is okay. But they're more the finesse, you know, slingshot type of a situation. So you think so, God's on Washington's side. <laughs> Interesting. Well, yeah, With David. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, I like you the think God likes I like, I like the firepower over there. It makes me nervous as as Dave uh, as Goliath because they can they can put the ball in the end zone and Penix right. Penix very well could have won and maybe should have won. He looks really the, good. The, the Heisman Trophy. I mean, the guy is really a special cat. Are you ready for this saucy nug from our good buddy Brett McMurphy? Action McMurphy. Michigan is a four and a half point favorite versus Washington in the title game. The last time Michigan faced Michael Penix Jr. coach, 2020 when he was at Indiana. Michigan was also a four-and-a-half-point favorite that day. The Hoosiers won 38-21. Saucy nugs. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be an outstanding game. The thing that I'm the most excited about, though, is the fact that the, the, the undefeated teams are playing. Mm -hmm. You know, especially since uh, Florida State didn't get in. Now, obviously, Florida State, I don't know whether they deserved it or not, but the quarterback being missing is the reason they didn't get in. Right. So now you got two one-loss teams in there, and now you got the two teams that were, went undefeated that are playing each other in the championship. That's fitting to me and, and kind of a testimony to Florida State as well. All right, uh, J.J., fire up a uh, bold fact before we get out of here with uh, our head coach. Here's a bold fact brought to you by Bold City Brewery. Duval's first craft brewery, online at boldcitybrewery.com. We had a great time there Friday afternoon. You can have a great time any day, boldcitybrewery.com, where you can log on and see all the crazy specials they've got, including Taco Tuesday, Taco, Taco, Taco. On a Tuesday night, look for them in Bold City downtown or the production house right there on Roselle in Riverside. Uh, Mr. MVP, Mr. Two-Time MVP, very likely, Lamar Jackson. All right, he went 18 of 21. That is 85% completion, 321, passing five touchdowns with zero picks. That's that's a game. So he has three career games with a 158.3 passer rating, all right? Minimum 15 attempts, 
and he is now tied with Hall of Famers and other quarterback dignitaries now with the most perfect games in NFL history. All right, 158.3. Now, a couple of them are obvious. Hall of Famer, Peyton Manning. Hall of Famer, Matt Hayes' favorite guest, Kurt Warner. And the GOAT, Tom Brady. Okay? So those are three that have done the same thing. There's one other guy who's done it. Three career games, 158.3 passer rating, and has pulled off, you know, the stats that I just threw at you. Who's the other guy? Most such games in NFL history, three with a perfect passer rating. Rivers. All right, you got Rivers? I'm going Cam Newton. Cameron? I'm going to go with Matt Ryan. Good one. JJ? Big Ben. Big Ben? I thought I was going to get it past all of you, but it's a yes, sir, in that other room. Nice. Oh, JJ. Yes. Ben Roethlisberger. I did not think he had it in him. He threw a bunch, and sometimes it went to the other guy. But that is three they put times up crazy that, numbers, man. Yeah. That yeah. surprises he did. me. He was, a, yeah. That surprised me because we played against him a number of times mm-hmm. over the years, and we confused him a lot when yeah. we were here in 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 Jacksonville. Yeah. You know, there were certain things we could do to confuse him. That surprises me. That that. Yeah. That's the guy. That's a good one, though. All right, now listen, we're going to wrap it up. We've got our takeaways coming up. Welcome the Frangie Show in, and then Coach and I will get ready for a little Campo and Joe podcast. Looking forward to that on Facebook. That'll come up at the top of the hour. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. Frank Frangie joins us now. 2024 going to be a little more in 2024. You guys Frank. got on the talk in the new Magnum. That's new Magnum. Do you know that? Oh, is it really? That's we were guy, watching uh, soap operas. We had soap operas on that's the earlier. New Magnum P.I. Hey, I don't right. know if you know this, Frank. How do you not know the new Magnum? That's not Tom well, Selleck. That's the new one. I know. It's okay. The, no, no Tom Selleck. No. I'm saying it's the new Magnum. This is what you I. You don't get that every day. You walk into a studio and the new Magnum's up. But this is what I swore it off. I don't know if you know this. Um, Magnum in this particular one sleeps with Higgins. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah, yeah. Can yeah. you picture Higgins from no back in the day? Way. Yes, I, yes, I, yes. I can't confirm or deny. Yeah. Whether Wait, the wife watches sleeps? it every week. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. I can't. I can't <laughs> refuse define to, sleep. Can you to, define? I'm sorry, Frank. Can you define sleeps real quick? Yeah. Yeah. He, he beds uh, yeah. Higgins now, and and this is not the Higgins with the coma. How yeah. old is Higgins? Higgins, by the way, Higgins to, is. To not to ruin the suspense, Higgins is now a female. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. and and half of Higgins' is age. Thank you, thank you. Not there's anything wrong with that, JJ. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. just, just wanted to. I, well, but, I, but I can't, Joe. There's an outside chance that that's on at our house from time yeah. to time. Just so saying. They went in there. Not that they, I would know, but I'm just saying. They went in there and they said, "All right, we got an idea on the show. We're going to bring back Magnum PI." Right, right. But now Higgins is not that old dude with that, the Doberman. That, that, I was young hot the female part. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. conveniently left. Well, that yeah, but I was going to let it go for a while, but I don't. I've only got so much time. Dave's got to jump back in. Dave, I don't want to take Dave's time. So all right. So you're back in the win column. Yeah, yeah, win, win, win. Did um, David Tepper fling a beer at you? How about uh, that? No, we got we got a stuff thrown at us at Cleveland. Exactly. It, I Karma, guess it, baby. I guess it's become a Always thing. Always coming I guess around. It's become a thing. Boy, boy, the Panthers weren't very good, were they? No. Goodness gracious. And no. I, I listen. But good for the team. They, they needed to play yeah. a good game. They needed to play well. And uh, yeah, I, listen. There, there's two things. There's two places to be. Yeah. One to have clinched. Mm-hmm. And everybody wishes they the teams that are, how many teams have clinched? Though? Seven or eight probably have clinched. Um, I think it's like uh, so. It's like three or it's four in each conference. Yes, yeah. So, so, it's so, like so, eight, so seven yeah. or eight of clinch, right? Well, if you can't be the team that's clinched, be a team that you don't have to depend on anybody else. In it to win it, it's all you. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah I like where they are. I think they're going to get healthy, Joe. I, mm-hmm. I think um, 
I, I think I think they've kind of kept it together. He Doug's really good at that, mm-hmm. keep, the whole keeping it together thing. And um, yeah, I kind of like where they are. They're going to be healthy when they go up there. Wouldn't it be great if Kirk does come back? Just, Wouldn't it be if they have yeah. Kirk? It Were you like surprised when he said that yesterday? Shot. I was not. Okay. I was not. I was. Okay. I, I. I was not. But I was certainly glad that uh, that, that there's a chance he comes back and then mm-hmm. Zay Jones could come back. And so, um, yeah. I mean, I think Christian Kirk is so important. Oh, People yeah. don't realize how important he is to that team. So but bring uh, them back healthy against a good Cleveland's defense. Yeah. I'm yeah. not saying you can go up there and guarantee a win, but be 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 smart about you, it. You mean you mean the Titans defense? Yeah. No, I'm saying. Oh, when you come back and play Cleveland, yeah, be smart. Yeah. Yeah. And don't bring Beat them back. Oh, oh, I got to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, but I'm telling you, Joe. I, yeah. No, you got to win this game. But I yeah. like where they are. I. I They've they've proven they're pretty good when they have to win. I you know it's not going to be easy. So, uh, but uh, but uh, but I tell you, what a weekend! I mean the the college weekend last oh, night. Yeah. You guys will be pouring no, out no, all no. of it. I fell asleep last night. So did yeah, I. I fell asleep. In that all, in that I awful. woke up and suddenly Texas yeah, is on yeah. Washington's twenty, yeah, and they're down six, what, and I was like, "What is happening?" I, I I missed the end. Wow. I, don't know. I thought Good it was night, over. Everybody, when it went up nine points, I thought it was over. Yeah, okay, so but, uh, but but the college is great. We'll talk about that today. Certainly, we'll talk about FSU getting DJ Uyunglele. We'll talk about that, and most of we'll talk Jags. All coming up a bit. Thanks, guys. All right, thank you, Frank. That sounds good. That's coming up right now. Let's hit this now. Today's takeaways brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over fifty years. Coach, takeaway. Play a clean football game, and we win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If take away. Hel- if my takeaway is if you're healthy, you're playing. I don't care who you are. You're right. playing. Yeah. My, my takeaway is I already was worried about that Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill legacy game. Now Mike Rabel's out here cussing at reporters. So, uh, yeah, this one, the intensity better be there. Yeah, going to be a fist fight. My takeaway is I'm walking with an old lady cane uh, with uh, tendonitis in the ankle, and so I will limp my big behind out of here and get ready for the Frangie Show. Thanks to Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota. They bring you today's show. They bring you great deals every single day of the week on the lot and online. You can go to Beaver Chevrolet on Phillips Highway or BeaverChevrolet.com. St. Augustine right there on US1, BeaverToyotaStAugustine.com. We are done. we got the Campo and Joe podcast coming up on Facebook Live. Joe C., me, O'Brien, Matty Hayes, Big Search Coach, and JJ.